brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat Flip Flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with the military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. Be sure to enter the code UNITY at checkout to help support the podcast. And in support of women in developing countries, head over to CombatFlipFlops.com and become part of their unarmed forces today. And by Beneath. Starting with the first thing that you put on in the morning, Beneath inspires you to be your most authentic self. Get ready to experience increased comfort that radically outperforms anything that you've tried before while leaving minimal impact on Mother Earth. Use the code UNITY to get 15% off at checkout at Beneath.com. That's B-N-3-T-H.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm here with not cool guy, fucking Burt Kuntz. This guy. Okay, let me just introduce him in the way I want to and not the way he wants to be because he doesn't know this. And now the rest of you are going to learn this. Burt Kuntz, I first got introduced to him while watching The Selection. And yeah, oh, this is going to be a good one, buddy. So I told my (laughs) husband, I'm having Burt Kuntz on. He goes, the fucking guy from the show? And I was like, the guy from the show. And he was like, amazing. He's the little one, right? And I was like, he is the little one. And I was like, what about size? He's like, size doesn't matter. So anyway, Burt Koontz is here, everybody. And he is not only one of the coolest people I've had the very, very lucky privilege to have on this show, but he is also very involved in some incredible things. He has a past in the military. He has a present with fucking bison, as you can see by the bison behind his head. And he has told me I can come hang out with bison. So... I mean, welcome to the show, Bert. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I, I mean, I, this is great. I've been listening, I'd say now for three months, I've been trying to get caught up with everybody you've had on and thank you for what you're doing. I, you know, we just talked about it briefly before we started, but I'm a huge fan of, and I will keep pushing it the whole time we're talking. I'm a huge fan yeah. of positive mental health. Like that's, that's it. Being grateful and having positive mental health. And I listen to you know, specifically your podcast with Jocko, who I've never met. I actually didn't listen to a podcast of his until about two months ago. Somebody at the CrossFit gym that I worked out with um, had mentioned it. And again, like positive mental health. So what you're doing, mm-hmm. I don't know if you hear it a lot, but it's, it makes a difference. And thank you. Well, wow. That's coming from you. That's a really high praise. I'm trying. All I can do is try. And I feel like as long as I keep trying and I yell loud enough, eventually people will start paying attention. I think the biggest thing that we're running into right now, um, especially with what the world has just been tested through, is we're finding very quickly that mental health is a problem. And I think the difference between you and I and the rest of the civilian population that listen is you guys have always known it's been a problem. You guys have been in the shit before. You've seen horrific things. We've always known it's been a problem in the military. But when we yell and scream about it, it stays within the community and nobody wants to talk about it because nobody wants to lose their job or be non-deployable or or be that guy or be that girl so now civilian population is going holy shit we're being tested our mental health is is very fickle it's something that can be damaged very easily and now we're seeing this increase in suicide the opioid opioid epidemic the the homeless homelessness population the amount of just regular civilian people that are struggling with mental health is is astronomical so i feel like finally people have been screaming about it for this long are getting the recognition because it's a bigger broader topic as before for us it was just vets first responders military and we're like there's a problem there's a problem there's a problem now and the world's like no there's not a problem you guys just need to be stronger you guys just need like don't shoot people in the face you'll be fine and that's great exactly. 
But when your job is to shoot dudes in the face, it's not fine. And so it's nice to see the rest of the world catching up to what we've been struggling with and kind of going, oh, okay, this is a real problem. Let's put some money behind it. Yeah. And that's, and, and you know, I see it. I work in a retail space in a rural state, in a rural area. And it's, it's funny because I'm surrounded by some of the most stoic people that you'll meet, ranchers, farmers, blue collar, gas and oil. And again, you just hit the nail on the head in the sense that the military has dealt with this from the United States for you know 400 years now when you hit stuff like this. And I know it's happened in the past, the, a depression in the United States or a period, 9-11, whatever it is. People come together a little bit and then they, they're like ping pong balls. They come together and then they separate again. And I think you know, I'm starting to realize that it's not just, again, the military, like you said, everybody's suffering some kind of traumatic issue over the last couple of years. It doesn't matter, even just watching the news and being fed bullshit and politics and elections, like no matter who you are anywhere in the world, there's been a traumatic cycle in the last couple of years. And man, mental health is, is a monster. And it's so, so important that people pay attention to it which again, it's like some of the guests you've had on, you know, there's been a lot of bravado and machismo in the past, but it's, it's cool to watch some of these guys that were tier one operators or tier two operators that are now successful business people that have gone through a lot, kind of be vulnerable. And that's, that's one of my favorite words in the world this year, like 2021, you know, the two words I like is vulnerability and, and being grateful, like grateful and vulnerable. Those two things right there, and to watch guys and some of the guys you have on that have been deployed 30, 40 times. I'm not even in the same league as those guys. You know, I, I did seven deployments and they were fast and they were easy. I never got injured. You know, I had some close calls, but nothing compared to, you know, there's now some guys that I started with that were my mentors when I went in the military that are just now getting out that were group sergeant majors. And when you look at them, they've deployed 30 or 40 times and they have three or four kids and they have a wife and they kept their marriage together and they take care of their kids and now they're getting out. And I kind of hinted to you about, you know, it's, it's not a secret to you or anybody in special operations or in the military, but we are in for, you know, this is just beginning, mm -hmm. you know, anybody, my dad was a Vietnam era military guy. And you see that same stoic bravado of, Hey, I don't want to talk about it. Or, you know, somebody, Oh, he was a Vietnam era vet and he never talked about it. Everybody talks about it at some point. So why the fuck not talk about it now? Right. Don't let it eat you. Don't let it eat you up for 30 years until you get cancer at 70. And you, then you decide to talk about it, get help, get therapy, whatever it is. And I don't care what your therapy is. Like my therapy is these big, dumb animals behind me and they're not dumb. I make a joke about it, but find yeah. something, anything. It right. doesn't matter. And I, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to be in Sheridan. It's kind of a gateway to the real West mm -hmm. and to the center of the country. So a lot of team guys and girls come through here and they'll, they'll stop because I 90s literally a mile and a half away. So they stop by the shop and it baffles me how many people stop by this coffee shop, this tiny shop that does a little bit of business in the middle of nowhere. And I start having conversations with them and it's like, well, what are you going to do now? I, well, you know, I'm at 25 years, I'm getting out. What are you going to do now? Oh, I'm going to take some time off. And I'm like, no, you're, you're really not. No. You're going to take two months off and you're going to realize that you're, you're not geared that way. You know, yeah. I don't care who you're just not geared that way. You're not going to take time off. You, we you don't know, you know think what time you are. off is. <laughs> no. 
and you might do it for two or three months and then you're going to lose your fucking mind. Mm-hmm. And then, then what happens is the fear of missing shit. And then you start going, Oh, well, Timmy, Tommy, Sarah, Jane, all these people are doing cool stuff for these cool vet companies or contract work or this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, Hey, I keep telling people hit the fucking brakes, like oh, no. s- just stop. And the three things I tell people are they're super simple. Figure out where you'd want a vacation and then figure out a fucking way to live there. Right. Figure out what you love doing most in this world and figure out a way to make money doing it. And the other one is just wake up every day and be happy that you're alive and don't fuck it up. Like it's super simple. And I keep telling people that and they kind of look at me like, you're nuts, dude. Like you're a hippie. Yeah. I wear Grateful Dead shirts and listen to Grateful Dead. You're a hippie over here. Look at you. you're, You're a hippie. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, let's say it again figure out where you'd want a vacation and then figure out how to live there. You're getting paid by the government. You're going to get three to 5,000 bucks a month. Everything else on top of that is, is icing on the cake, figure out the perfect place for you and your family to live and then make it work. Well, I'm going to stay in North Carolina or Washington or California and San Diego, wherever it is. And it's like, why, where would you want to live? Well, if I could live anywhere, I'd want to live in Montana and walk into a fucking Montana. Yeah. Get a VA loan. Or put money down on a piece of property and move there. Like, right. just move there. Right. And it's it's super simple. And I watch people struggle with it. And then the other one is the career side. It's like people get out and they have to keep up with the guys they were on teams with or the girls they were on teams with. And they have to keep up with them. And I'm like, you'll never keep up with them. Because let, let, me, let me fill you in on the biggest secret I learned. And it took five years of being out of the military. There's always somebody in the room that's better looking than you. That has more money than you, that has a bigger dick than you, that's right. smarter than you. It just, you can't keep up. Don't right. keep up with Jocko or Joe Rogan or any of these other people in the world that are making a gazillion dollars doing great. You can't keep up with them. And if you think you can, it's going to ruin your fucking life. You can't keep up with Matt Best. You can't. The guy works 25 hours a day. You can't right. keep up with him. Right. It's just, and I watch this dynamic of people go through this and it's like, and I went through it and then I had to pump the brakes and go, holy shit, this is going to hurt my little tiny ego, but I'm not in the same league with these guys. I can't keep up. And that's okay. But that's the thing, but that's okay too, Bert. But I, I watch how you say that because I, I think you're <clears throat> with someone like you, I'm going to correct you right now. Cause you don't often get this. So let's have this conversation. You're there isn't when you say you're not in the same league as these guys, I take issue with that. I get offended for you because that's not true. And that, that pisses me off. And let me tell you why, because I would argue that you are in the same league. And let me tell you, there are successes in life, right? There are books, there are podcasts, there are businesses. There are all of these things within our community as our veterans. You see, you've got black rifle, you've got like people like Matt best. You've got people that are running at a pace that is not sustainable. That does not make you not in the same league. It makes you smart enough to find another option that is not going to damage your mental health, your body, your your financial, your family, the things that matter to you. It does not, it does not at all make you not in the same league. If anything, it makes you in the same league in a different category. That's I guess it. I guess a better, I guess a better way to word that is I could go outside right now with you and I could throw a football pretty good. I'm never going to be Tom Brady. And at some point you got to realize that and go, Hey, Fair. like what, where, where's my position in this world to make the world a better place for me to be happy 
And it's right. hard to, it's hard to do that with, with my two least favorite words. You know, my first favorite, my favorite two words are grateful and vulnerable. And then my least favorite words are ego and insecurity. Cause mm. I think a lot, and it's not just, it's not just the veteran community. It's, it's every community, whether you're an attorney, a doctor, man, egos and insecurity drives so much nonsense mm-hmm. in this world. And it's like, man, stop competing with other people, compete with yourself. Like that's it. it. Wake up every day and compete with yourself and go, how do I make what my actions today? How do my actions today make me a better person tomorrow? And for me, I used to be a prick. I was angry. I wanted to fight everybody, not physically, but I just walked around with a double barrel shotgun, just ready. And it's like, you know, a metaphorical hypothetical double barrel shotgun, like just ready, like anybody could step to me and you're going to get yeah, everything yeah, just, I'm just holding angry. on to. Yeah. And it wasn't a PTSD thing. It wasn't a military thing. It's just that I became that person. It's like, how do you get there? Right. How do you recognize you're there? And then how do you go? Okay. I'm going to let everything go. I'm going to let everything go and wake up tomorrow. And just, if I can get from my bedroom to my bathroom, to brush my teeth, my bathroom to my kitchen to make eggs. I've already won the day. Like I'm good. Like Incremental that, everything, goals. everything else, like that, everything else step by step. And I know this is like, what about Bob the movie, but like baby steps, like seriously, it's no, super it simple. It does. What's that it's thing in the military? Simple. They say like stupid, uh, stupid, simple, simple, stupid. It's like, eh, there's a saying it's, uh, it's basically like keep everything stupid, keep everything. Yeah. Kiss. Um, stu- keep, yeah. It, keep it, keep it, keep it simple or keep it stupid, simple, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, but there's this idea that we overcomplicate our lives when we get out. And I don't know. I think people want to let's backtrack that. I think people have this idea that social media is everything and it sure has. Yeah. I think this is where a lot of it comes from though, Bert. So think about this. If there wasn't social media, do you think that these Navy SEALs and these Rangers and these special ops people from all over the world, would they be writing books? I absolutely think they would be. You do? I, I, I do. I, they, they, the they, they have been. So, and this is one of those things that I find ironic, not to talk about Green Berets too much. Yeah, I was a Green Beret and I was a marginal one at best. There was always five or six guys on the marginal teams that I was one on. Marginal one at best that were so much better than me and they come through the coffee shop. Now they, they, they come through here quietly. And I'm like, man, like these guys were just, they had three kids. They deployed the guys I was talking about a little while ago. They were just fucking great at the basics. Everything they did, they were really good at. Uh, but you know, when you look at take the green break community as a whole, every change of command, every funeral, every ceremony, we play the ballad of the green break. The guy that wrote that song, Barry Sadler, wrote 40 books. This was in the 50s and 60s and 70s. He wrote 40 books. He used to sing his song in class A's with a Green Beret on at concerts. He had a recording recording contract. We play that song at every single ceremony that we do. And it's like, it's okay. It's okay. And, you know, that kind of segues into... There's guys, and I've I've changed my tune, but there's guys that I absolutely fucking hate. Mm -hmm. But now when I see them, I used to get this envy when they had a win. Now I sit in my cabin Uh. in the woods and I I see them have a win. And it used to be envy, like, well, why didn't I think of that? Or, uh, you know, I could have done that. 
Mm-hmm. Now I look at it, and even if I don't fucking like them at the core of their beliefs and their morals of who they are, when they get a win, I golf clap for you them. Have it's like, to. man, good for you. Because then when you peel the onion back, you go, oh shit, that guy has two kids and a wife. Like, yeah, is he insecure every now and then? And he did he treat me like shit or did he take advantage of me? Or was he an asshole to me? Yeah, maybe. I was probably part of that. But now I look at it and I'm like, man, this is what we should all be doing. Like, right. don't hate on people. If you talk, and I say it all the time on my social media, happy, mm-hmm. decent people do not talk shit about anybody. They don't have time for it. They just hurt don't. People hurt, well, hurt people hurt people, right? And That's it. whether they look hurt or not, it's in there. It's in there. It's the it's the broken little thing that's inside of them that's just huddling in the corner, and that's a real yeah. thing. And, and they this vibrato for a lot of people is that protection of of making sure that nobody ever sees that or feels that or knows that I have that. So if I'm bigger and better and louder and blah, then people are not going to question. Well, what's why? Where's that stemming from? Why do they act that way? Why do they feel that way? Why do they make decisions that way? And so I totally get what you're saying, but that's why I like fell in love with your social media. I'm not even going to lie to you. I repost so much of your shit because your stuff is so positive and you can spend your time giving positivity to the world. And that sounds cheesy and lame and whatever, but I hate to break it to you. The world can be so negative if you allow it to be, because we put ourselves in these bubbles where we choose what we see. We hear, we choose what we hear and we're in this loop in this cycle. And I remember when I got home from overseas, I was in this cycle. I needed to know what was going on. So I'm checking in with all my SF friends. What's going on here? What's going on here? What's on the news? What's doing this? What's doing that? Because it made me feel safe. And then slowly I started going, I don't need to know what's going on in Yemen today because Yemen is in Yemen and you're in Canada. So like, let's look at this differently. And so when you're taking in, Shit from the news constantly in Canada. We're just as bad. Global, CBC, CTV, they're, they're, they're all regurgitating the same bullshit. And it's the same with Fox and CNN and all these different ones you guys have down there. You're, you're taking in this shit. And it's like, oh, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me. And then you put your foot down. When I came home after ayahuasca, I looked at my husband and right in the face and I said, you look at me right now. And he's like, well, yeah, this is your problem. And I was like, get the fuck off Facebook. I've had it. And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't even use it. And he's like, I'm like, he's like, I just read it. And I'm like, I want you to do me a favor. Just stop going on fucking Facebook for like two weeks. Tell me how you feel. He doesn't even go on it anymore because I proved my point. We don't watch the news anymore. We don't take in that bullshit because it was bringing me down. It was bringing him down. It was bringing the mood of the house down. His tone, he'd be angry and frustrated. People don't think it affects their day. They're like, I just read it. It's no big deal. But everything you take in, everything you take in visually um, from your, well, I don't hear shit. So I don't take much into my hearing, but I, you know, I'm getting, I'm waiting on two hearing aids. It's, it's Veterans Affairs taking their time. So you take this in and it affects you, whether you realize it or not. And your page is hilariously positive. I love so much that there's a fucking bison in every single one of your little graphics. Those little things make me happy because you come at it from a, like one of my favorite ones was like, yeah, I'd be pissed off too if I shit on you and, and flowers grew, but like, of course you would be, but you say it how I would say it. And then you make it I mean, it's, it's, it's super simple. And you know, it's important. And people that have been following my social media, which is, a, man, my social media is a fucking mess. No, they I get it. And, and I think just because 
if you watch, man, it, we, there's not enough time on, on your podcast to talk about all the things that I fucked up and I'm talking not self-sabotage, mm-hmm. not self-sabotage, but just again, ego and insecurity. You start to feel like, you know, it's, it's very easy to start to feel like you're better than you actually are. And I don't mean that in a, well, you in feed a, into you know, your it's own almost, it's, it's almost, you do, it's almost self-deprecating in the sense of like humility, but it's the same thing. I think there's a lot more people walking around this world. I, I don't think I know that look at themselves in the mirror in the morning and they think they're a lot less attractive than they actually are. They right. don't, they devalue themselves. They look at themselves and they find everything that's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, there, there's a fine line there where people do the exact opposite and they look at themselves in the mirror in the morning and go, I'm the shit. Yeah. And it, it starts there. It starts with vanity. It starts with power. It starts with ego. And then again, you feed this machine and it's that quote, you know, you have two wolves fighting inside of you, which one are you going to feed? And for me, like I had to hit rock fucking bottom and I, I, I don't use drugs. I don't use alcohol. So when I, man, people message me all the time and they're like, you talk about this dark side and, and, and hitting rock bottom. Are you okay, man? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not, not every dark side and rock bottom means I had a pistol in my mouth and like it's, it, there's so many different levels of it. Rock bottom for me was mm-hmm. realizing that I'm not better than anybody so that's else a big in the world. Step. And it was, and then you look around, you're like, fuck you've burned. Like I woke up and I was like, fuck, you've burned a lot of bridges. Half of those I think were correct to burn. And you followed your moral compass, whether your compass is right or wrong. And you, you followed integrity. And then half of them were just me being insecure and pissed off and having an ego. But right. that was like, that was that time I think. And I also met somebody absolutely extraordinary, like somebody yes, that I'm has excited. changed my life. And again, like it's out there, like it's man, I just love is so fucking powerful, like true love where you just wake up every day and want that person's life to be better before yours, like just real love. And I wish more guys would talk about it. Ray talks about it. Some of these guys that are loud, boisterous and tough, man, they're such teddy bears. Like, you know, Ray's one of 10 guys. I know probably 10, 15 guys and girls that are starting to turn that corner and go, Oh man, like, you know, Ray calls me five times a week and it always ends the same way. Buster Fryerson. Speaking of Ray. Yeah. Speaking of Ray, I have a message from Ray for you. Oh God. Because I told Ray you were coming on. Are you ready for this? Yes. I'm gonna show I'm gonna show everybody. So you make sure you tell me if you can hear it. Let's move you nice and close. I can't I can't imagine what this idiot's about to say. Because you don't understand. I had Ray on and I love Ray. Ray makes my heart happy because he talks about his wife the way you talk about your spouse. The love. Just the love. Okay. But it's not just that he he talks about ice cream the same way I talk about ice cream. Like it's okay. It's okay to love stuff, man. It's just okay okay to just be, just be yourself. Unapologetically. So this is him being unapologetically himself to you. Oh God. Hey, Berkers, it is I, Ray Cashcare, former Navy SEAL, the man, the myth, the legend, here to tell you that you've got issues to fill, buddy, because I'm a podcaster, I'm a caller, I'm looking, smell better, hate her abs. My question is significant. You are a donut eating, wonderful, chewing, just getting a chef, a Navy SEAL. Listen, 
if you need help, I'll hold your hand. I love you, buddy. But when this comes to stuff, we know who the big dog is. So this guy. Hold on. Not, I so so. I got and I got to give you some context for me with Ray. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. This is your last one. Yes. You're still an utter piece of shit, but I love you, even though I know you look up to me literally, figuratively, emotionally, physically, spiritually. This guy. That bird, chicken and waffles, who wants to be? One day, buddy. <laughs> So I told Ray, and he loves you. So he has such incredible positive things to say about you. I probably have 30 Rays in my life right now. Ray, Ray's just out there right now, and he's on social media all the time. So he talks about it. But when I met Ray, I, I didn't interact much with Navy SEALs at all just because I was on Okinawa for all my team time. Right. And they're just, I, I just didn't inter inter interact with them much. So I didn't know much about him. I've always looked up to him. I mean, anybody that does anything in special operations, I'm a fan of. Um, you know, when I joined the military, I was whitewater kayaking and following the Grateful Dead. Like I was not, I was not prepared for the experience that I was about to have. I was the last guy that anybody I grew up with, middle school, high school, who's the last fucking person on the planet that would join the army or become a Green Beret. <laughs> I guarantee you every one of them would have said, Bert Koontz, that guy should have been in prison for stealing cars or doing something. Like whatever, oh. or, or stuck in another country somewhere in a, in a jail cell. <laughs> in a prison. Um, yeah. But, but Ray, like, so my interaction with Navy SEALs was that TV show and Marcus Capone yep. and, and Ray were the two guys I spent a lot of time with and they're polar opposites. Like they're just everything about them. Like their, their personal actions. They're just different. Ray is loud. Mm -hmm. Mark, you know, Ray, and by the way, I'm five, seven on the best day and Ray's shorter than I am. So I know that's what makes it so comical. For me. It's great. Every time he says I look up to him, literally, but like, Ray, Ray, like Ray and Marcus, I still talk to both those guys. They were just different. They took different paths. They're different personalities. Like Marcus right. was the quintessential, you know, all state football player, all American football player, Navy SEAL. Ray is like me you know, probably should be somewhere breaking small rocks into little rocks, decided to join the military and, you know, thrived because I think, and, you know, some guys will argue with me, the hardliners, but there's a fine line and you'll appreciate this. There's a fine line between somebody who's a really good police officer or a military service member. And that would probably be a good criminal as well. Oh, you know, there yes. just is, it, it goes back to me. I'm fascinated with the wild west half the lawmen in the wild west probably would have been good bad guys mm -hmm. and half the bad guys probably would have been good lawmen. And there's that line right in the middle where somebody's brain goes, I'd rather rob banks than, than, right. you know, than catch bank robbers. You know, that's more mm -hmm. appealing to me, but Ray's one of those guys that like once a week, five times a week, it doesn't matter, calls me. And, you know, I probably got a support group of 30 people like that, that are guys that the last fucking guys in the world that would finish a conversation with, I love you, man. And it's so, that word again, it's so powerful, especially when it's backed with real heart. But like, you know, guys like that saying, hey, man, I love you. Or just calling to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I am here for you. I love you. Like genuinely love you. Yeah, that's rare. There's not, a, there's not enough of that in this world. There's a lot more, hey, fuck that guy. Oh, that guy only had three deployments to combat. That guy only had 12. That guy only had 30. He's not as good as everybody thinks he is. It's like, Take that and just wipe it off the table with one positive, 
I love you from another special operations guy or girl to another special operations guy or girl. It's so powerful. And again, people are going to listen to this and go, God, this guy's become a fucking hippie. No, he hasn't. I was a hi- He's become I was, a realist. I was a, well, I was a hippie before I joined the army. It's just, you know, it's, it, it, it's who I am. And I'm, I'm getting back to the person I was before I joined the army. By the way, the army is the single greatest decision I've ever made in my entire life, period. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you always have to be G.I. Joe. You don't always have to like take the uniform off. And I keep telling people that you don't have to throw it away. Just put it in the closet when you get out and figure out those things. Where do I want to live? What do I want to do? And I promise you, if you're listening to this, doing contract work in Tampa for $150,000 a year after 25 years in special operations, probably not going to make you happy. Mm-mm. Being a fly fishing guide in Montana and living off your pension and making $60,000 a year, probably going to make you happy. Yep. Like it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that simple. Well, so I, I, I know I got off on the rails there, but no, no, it's, there just, is no rails. I can't stress enough. And like, if you're, if don't, you know, I'm, I'm the worst person at this because when I got to my lowest, I literally moved to the mountains to a cabin in the middle of nowhere. Cause that's how I process things. Right. Like for me, I just need to be alone, you know, and I need to figure stuff out on my own and I need a reboot and I need to see everything on the outside and go, okay, it's good to be around people. Like it's good to have people in your life, but I just needed to back off. Some people try and do that and it's not a good thing. Like it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to reach out to somebody. It's okay to say, Hey man, I'm hurting. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Ask for help before you start taking the ambient and you start drinking beer and you start drinking booze or doing drugs or smoking pot because that road, I don't give a fuck who you are. It is not going to work out for you. I promise you. It's not. It's not. It's not. And the, the thing is for people I'm finding what I'm, what I'm seeing now. And, and I don't know, because if I'm not wrong and correct me if I'm wrong, Marcus, the one that you did the show with he, him, is it him and his wife now that are into the psychedelic treatments? Oh, amazing. Yeah, they're into it, right? I haven't talked to them about it. I do want to because I have been working with, you know, psychedelics now as uh, an aid to get off of pharmaceuticals. And it's been nothing but a positive uh, transition for me. I also know that it can be used, psychedelics can be used and any other aid can be used and abused. And I think that's where the line needs to be drawn. Can I I ask you a personal question? When you say get off pharmaceuticals, what are we talking about? Uh, when I got injured in Afghanistan, they put me on a laundry list of different types of drugs, sleep drugs, so antipsychotics, me, antidepressants, all of the things, yeah, mood stabilizers. Not, yeah. The pharmaceutical industries. Oh, I, I don't want to take time away from our conversation, but please okay. let me link you up with Marcus and please have Marcus on your yeah. show. Like, yeah, I would just, love to nothing more. You guys, you guys would love, it would be a great conversation, but yeah, that's one of those things like you know, for me, I, I never got on any pharmaceuticals. I never asked for help in that way. I never, I probably should have, I'm just now going through the VA process and it's been just now registering and doing all my appointments. And man, we're almost on almost 10 years of me being out. And it's like, I should have done this the first year, but again, ego, Oh, my wife's got a job and I've got a job that has health insurance. I don't need it. Somebody else more important needs it. That's, you know, that's got traumatic injuries or really having a hard time coping with life. They deserve, no, everybody that serves in the military deserves it. If you get out, get your shit processed and get to the VA, 
And yeah, everybody beats up the VA a little bit, but literally I'm in Wyoming and every appointment, they send me a FedEx package. They make a phone call. They send me an email. They make sure I'm at my appointments. It's gotten so much better. Um, But don't delay your healthcare, even if you think you don't need it or the VA is fucked up, like, man, get register and at least try. Um, But, you know, for me, Buffalo bison, whatever you want to call them, same name, same animal. They changed my absolute life. And that's what I keep telling people. Find something that you love and figure out a way to make a living doing it. Period. And, and, and I agree with that. So I want to, that's something I want to talk about with you. Um, because obviously I know I'm going to, I'm going to bring you backwards just a slight, if you'll allow me. So when you Absolutely. did this, okay. So when you did the selection, when you were filming and you were a part of this and you were in this um, environment and you had these other SF guys and you're, and you're, you're screaming at human beings and you're in that, that whole shit again, was it after the selection you decided you needed a break, you needed to go, you needed time or was this prior? Nope. Nope. During, during the selection, I had peacemaker trading, which became bison union. And I I don't want to go too far into. No, no, we don't have to. I just curious. The next step of it, but. A friend of mine, I was, I had decided to do coffee. A friend of mine called me and said, Hey, if you're going to do coffee, you should talk to these guys. And it was Evan and the guys, right. black yeah, rifle. Right. right. Absolutely. Again, those guys do more pound for pound than anybody else in the community. But that was kind of a, that was kind of a right turn for me that I should have never taken. Cause I wasn't prepared for it. That Fair. company was growing so fast. There was so many personalities at one point, I was the COO of Black Rifle Coffee because they were growing so fast and they had nobody else that could yell at people and just get them to work. Like get everybody to work on time. That's insane. I had no business being a business guy, but I literally moved everything to, to Salt Lake City and got thrown into a machine. And by the way, that machine was built off of Jared Taylor and Matt Best, who had already been doing this for 15 fucking years. People everybody don't know that. that. Everybody thinks that happened overnight. Matt and JT were doing this 15 years before in El Paso, Texas, every day, all day, JT was editing videos. And like, again, the the story, I hope they write a book that details from start to finish how that company has become, because there was like, everybody thinks those guys just made five funny videos and made a couple memes on the internet and became a hundred million dollar company, man. Like it just doesn't doesn't work work that that way. Those guys were, those two guys specifically were grinding and then they linked up with somebody else, Evan, who's just a a genius in the sense of being able to put people together and plug puzzles and pieces together. Mm -hmm. But for me, worst decision I've ever made in my entire life. And it's not a negative thing about Black Rifle. I wasn't prepared for the lifestyle, the fast pace, Mm -hmm. the, the attention. I couldn't handle it. Like I just wasn't prepared for it. So for me, that kind of began the spiral of this downhill, like trying to keep up insecurity, ego. You know, one day I thought I was the greatest person in the world. The next day I was like, man, I don't belong here. Why do I keep doing this? I'm not one of these guys in the sense that I'm not a celebrity. I'm not like, fuck, it was just so hard to keep up. And then it just came to a head and I finally had a blowout and said, I'm fucking moving to Wyoming. My wife at the time, I told her, she's like, I don't want to move to fucking Wyoming. And I said, then don't, then we can end our marriage right now. And I'll fucking move to Wyoming. I'm moving to Wyoming by myself. I want a house by the river and I'm going to get Buffalo 
if it fucking kills me, if it's the last goddamn thing I do on earth, I'm doing this. Why Buffalo? And I've always been enamored with them. And if, when you come spend time with them, oh, I, I, can't prom- I promise you it will be a spiritual experience. Just standing in a herd of bison. It's, I can't, it's the most American animal there is. Wolves, bears, bald eagles, pick anything. There's no animal more deep seated from heart to hoof to ground to the core of America. There's no more American animal than a bison, period. And to stand there with these animals that have been around for 3 million years and they've seen everything that's happened in this country and they were almost decimated down to 3,000 animals from probably 30 to 40 million. And you watch this recovery and again, I know this is super hippie, no, but it's you not. look at you, you look at bison in the sense to me, I look at bison like veterans. Like I look at, I put these pieces together, this stoic animal that does that has so much America in it that almost got wiped out that nobody cared about for a while. Now everybody cares about them. And in the veteran community is kind of the same way. We just need to stay on that path. But I'm enamored yeah. by them, I'm fascinated by them. They're so athletic. They're so powerful, but they're also so peaceful. They don't, they're literally like Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. (laughs) They're nice. They're nice until it's time to not be nice. And like watching them, I've, I'm mimicking my personality and my life after them. I just want to be a bison. I just want to not bother anybody. I want to take care of my family. I want to take care of my life. And if somebody fucks with me, I'm going to fucking hammer you, period. Right. But it's good, but it's got to get to that point. And I try to warrant that response. Yes. So ironically, the second half to your question, the first mistake I made was thrusting myself into a life that I wasn't prepared for with celebrities and famous people and power and money and 20 hour work days. And it just, it just, it's a machine that I was Mm -hmm. not prepared to be in. The second one was I bought a herd of bison before having a ranch or having Oh. Man, it was just, okay. It, it's taken three years to get where I'm at now. My herd is doing absolutely perfectly. I just had 20 calves a couple months ago. What? It's finally starting to make money. It's, it's not hemorrhaging money like it was, but it was, man, it was, I did anything you can fucking do wrong in ranching. Make sure the animals were always taken care of. Like that was it. Right. But that was my second one there. I just probably the second worst decision of my entire life, which has turned out to be the best. But right. I, I bought a herd of bison and partnered with people I probably shouldn't have. I put way too much money into it. Both me and Candace did. Candace has been a huge part of this. But fuck, like it was like when you have a bank calling you going, hey, we're going to fucking take your bison away from you if you can't fucking make your payment. Like I got so far underwater. It was like, and they're not. And when you, when you have someone saying that to you, these aren't something that people don't quite understand here. Bison are not small. Bison are not cheap to keep. Bison are not oh. easy to maintain. And bison became for you, your coping mechanism to handling yourself and, and keeping yourself grounded. It was like a drug. It was like a drug habit with a live animal. Like I exactly. literally was like, I need, I need more of these to feel better. I need to have these to feel better about my life. They give me so much peace. But fuck, this is like killing me right. until I figured it out. But it cost me, I won't say it cost me anything, but, you know. Emotionally, it, it did. Emotionally, it. it cost me a lot. And it probably, you know, it was, I, I won't get into my personal life. Like it's just out of respect for other people, but, mm-hmm. but it also. It cost you a lot got, and it 
it, it, and, but it also pointed you in the right direction to healing and happiness and finding someone that would be the right person on the right path that will help you to continue that. And that was Brie, correct? It did. It did. And, and it did it. And you're going to like this. It happened in like a 18 fucking 45 kind of way. Like I literally moved out West, bought livestock, bought mm-hmm. property with like basically taking somebody in 1845 from Boston. Yeah. That just says, fuck it. We're going to pack up some <laughs> wagons and we're going West. I did that, but I, I did it, it in 2018. And it's like just now last month or two months ago when my calves hit the ground, they're already all sold. This will be this next year will be the first year that everything's on, on path. And I say all this in the sense that I fucked up a lot of stuff. Because here's the other thing that I think people are afraid of. You have to take risks. Whether it's being at the grocery store and walking up to somebody attractive to ask them out or to talk to them all the way to buy and herd a bison, it just doesn't matter. Take risks. And we've become such a pussy of a society that people <laughs> yeah. are so afraid to take risks. It's like, I can't, if, you, if I gave you access to my Instagram I probably get no less than a hundred messages a day about people that want to move out West and move to the mountains. And I'm like, what are you waiting for? Well, what do you do? Right. Well, I work at home from remotely. Then what the fuck are you waiting what for? Are you waiting if you for? want to move, if you want to move out West, move out West because you could get hit by a bus or lightning tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But, but like, for me, you like know that, you know that you have that perspective though. Right. I've had this conversation right. with people where they're like, yeah, well, I don't understand why. And it's like, because hold on back up a second. Let's talk about this because People as a society, if they've never been in a situation, never seen anything outside their country, seen anything outside their province, state, or small town, the idea of uprooting everything, which may not be that much, like, frankly, think about it. If you think about a normal person, they've got a job, they probably got one and a half kids, they've they probably got a husband or a wife, and they probably either own a home or rent. That's two vehicles. It's not that difficult to uproot and move because no. why are you doing that? But people who are like, I lived in this house for 30 years and I've never left my town. If you tell them, I'll give you a million dollars to uproot yourself and move. They'd be like, it just feels like so much work. It, it's, do it's they a have a Chipotle? Do they have a Chipotle there or a Target? Do it's they like, have man, a Walmart? Do they have a superstore? Come on. Get access to things. Do I actually have to like cut my own firewood? I did not, Bert, I did not have a dishwasher until I moved out to British Columbia and moved in with my in-laws. When they, they weren't our in-laws yet when I started dating yeah. my husband. Okay? I grew up on 17 acres of wood and we had to cut, pile, split wood to heat our house, to run our water, to have And how water. much, how much do you appreciate that right now today after Fuck. the life you've had? How, how much would you give every day to go chop wood for half an hour? Like my husband and I have this conversation because we live in a cul-de-sac now, right? I live in like yeah. his life in, in where he's from, right? So we live in a cul-de-sac, which is a fishbowl. And yeah, I live at the back of like so I drive in, I'm straight ahead. We all have cameras. Everyone knows what I do, where I go, when I do it, how I do it. And I said, listen here, motherfuckers, you guys want to keep on me about the way I live my life. I'm gonna get naked in the rain and put fucking crystals out and I'll show you weird. Because this isn't even weird yet. I'll give you weird. But what's strange to me is neighbors. I've never, yeah. like, oh, 
like my closest neighbor was like down a dirt road and like we weren't hunters. So like my mom would put the salt licks on our property. Yeah. All the animals. And you you there was no one around. I could I could literally run naked and no one would find me. It was amazing. Now that's that's the story. That's the story of my life. Bree is a fucking angel and laughs at me. Like she bought me crocs with these fur lines in them, like fur line crocs. Her. her and I are gonna have a conversation about that. <laughs> and when I come to visit and I find them, I'm gonna fucking burn them all down and take a video yes. of it because those crocs make me right now. I was this, I was like you. I wasn't a believer until I got fur line crocs. Now I wake up in the morning, I put my fur line crocs on, I walk out of my cabin naked, I walk down to a creek while my dogs are out doing their thing, and I pee in a creek. Like single most therapeutic thing in the entire world. Like I literally look around and there is nobody. I don't have neighbors. I don't have anybody bothering me. It's so therapeutic, but there's also not there. there, There's also, I spend a lot of time in Pennsylvania, which I had never been to. Pennsylvania is the third most populated state in the United States. And it's, it's everything is community there. And what you just talked about a cul-de-sac, there is a certain value in it. There, there is a certain value to that. That's very special to have a community, yes. to have neighbors. So I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm bashing anybody that lives in a city, man, there's something neat about a city, but there's also, you got to get away from it every now and then to, to mm-hmm. appreciate both of them. And, and I've been so lucky that right now I get to spend half my time, more than half my time in the mountains and the other half of it in Pennsylvania. And it's just like around Hershey and Lancaster and, mm-hmm. and, it's in it's in these places that are just a hundred percent built on community. So there there is a there is a balance. There's there. a yin Both and them, a yang. There, there is. For me, the yin and yang was great when it was just those houses. But Bert, in the seven years I've owned that home, yes. we have townhouses all around us, Bert. Everywhere. So many. <laughs> So fucking many. And then, and then the motherfuckers set off fireworks all the time and they do it in the townhouse complex beside me. And then this goes a little kooky and decides at one o'clock in the morning, it's going to go have a conversation with a bunch of grown men about how they need to knock it the fuck off. And I'll be knocking it well. Does, does, always ends in some type of not good, but it's, the community is great because the cul-de-sac when we moved in there, we, you know, I got to know we have a lot of cops, right? And like yeah. the uh, bomb dog and like serious cops, like the uh, federal no fuck around police. And so I built yeah, this yeah. relationship and it was great. And then it was incredible for our son, right? Because I can let him in a very rare, you know, rare amount now, I can let him go outside and be like, you know where you can go. You know where we are. The garage is open. Bye. He's five. Yeah. And I've been doing that for two years. That's great. And that's, that's how I grew that. up. Yeah. That's right. how I grew up. And, and there's there, you know, Wyoming's a different animal altogether. There's 381,000 or 581,000 people in the whole state, six people per square mile. So you see kids just being kids like it's that, you know, it, it really is. And that's how I grew up. My mom, you know, during the summer, you know, she would come out in her old fort. She had a full size Ford Bronco and would, you know, come up on a hill and flash the lights. And that's when you knew it was time to come home for dinner. Like, right. or she would just yell or honk the horn and you're like, okay, it's time to go in. But we yeah. literally, we'd come home just to get water or a Coke or, cause you could, you could drink Coke back then. Like it oh, wasn't yeah. bad to have a little sugar in the tank. Right. So, <clears throat> and I started drinking Coke. I started drinking Coke again. And people look at me like, you just ordered a Coke. And I'm like, yeah, it tastes fucking so good. 
Like it's <laughs> Coke on ice, greatest thing in the world. I'll drink nine of them. I don't care. I just have to work out harder tomorrow. Right, but, exactly. But I digress the, the, but just like that, man, there's just something about, there's so much positivity. And I think we've gotten to this, I'm trying to word this the right way without be, sounding mm-hmm. negative, but we've just gotten into this, like, it's, it's, it, it sounds so funny, but the Ghostbusters movie where this toxic slime that's negative gets on everybody yeah. and they start fighting. Like, I feel like that's where half the world is right now. And it's like, man, there's so many good people in the world. Just look for them. Like, don't yeah. buy into it. You know, happy people, decent, decent people don't talk shit about anybody else. And if you saw in the last probably 18 months to two years, how many times I've got up from a conversation and just walked away and people really? are like, that guy's a, yeah, that guy's a fucking prick. And I'm like, somebody will catch me and go, where are you going? I'm like, I can't be here and listen to you guys talk shit about other people that aren't sitting at this table. Like, stop, right. like, right. stop. If they're not here, don't mm-hmm. talk about them like mm-hmm. period. And there's so much of that. It's like, man, I listen to people and I, I just hear it at an airport or wherever. And it's like the amount of time some people spend talking negatively about other people is half your fucking life. Like, Can you imagine stop. what they could get done if they oh were my God. productive you imagine and how healthy? Happy? Oh. If, that, if that conversation was talking about going on a vacation to a beach or, you know, learning how to make food, do anything, Helping learn how to bake people, a fucking cake, help anything. people do anything. And I was, mm. I was the quintessential person that sat at that table and talked shit about people when they left the room until I realized, wait a minute, did they talk about me when I leave the room? Mm-hmm. And it's a fucking eye opener when you go, oh, fuck, they are. And then you can, oh, they are talking about you when you leave the room. Mm-hmm. That was kind of it for me, man. Like, that's really? when I said, I- I'm done. I'm done with this. I am on a path to be happy. Like, period. It's a choice. I am on the path. I don't have cancer. I don't have an ailment. I don't have, I don't have a disease. Everything beyond that happiness is a choice and it's my fucking choice. I will be happy. And I just happened to meet the single greatest person I've ever met in my life at the same time. She laughs at me because I call her an angel all the time. And I really, I'm not a spiritual person in the sense of Christianity. I I believe in certain aspects of it, Mm -hmm. but this angel that came out of nowhere, like it was just, Right I'm time. getting a little hippie again on you, but right time, right place, right person. You haven't just, you, just remarkable. You, how did you meet her? Because you, you've been with her for a few years now and just a little F, F like FYI, like when you get time, that's how I met Brady. It was the same thing. Timing is everything in life and you oh, have to be crazy. ready for that. And this is going to sound weird, but the, the way I met her was I had no clue who she was, knew nothing about her. Didn't know she was following my Instagram. And it was a post about oh, ice cream. She was cream creeping up. up on you. No, no, no. It was a story. She had never liked a post of mine, never messaged me, oh. never said anything. It was a it was a story about ice cream. And I didn't even look at whose it was. I just clicked on it and I sent an emoji out because it was ice cream. Right. And she was like, who the fuck is this weird old guy? Because I had a beard at the time. That's, you know, my beard is silver. And yeah. it was just like, <laughs> but anyway, and then, it, you know, and then again, and it's just the rest is history. I just, the story is mine and I don't want to tell it, but it's got me to a point where it's ours, not mine. It's hers and mine. It's got me to a point Special. where like, I, I've never loved anything on this planet in my entire life this much. And I've never received this much love back. And it is the most 
incredible, powerful thing on the entire planet. It just is. It sounds like you feel the same way about your husband. Like it's just when you get, when you get to the point where every time you see somebody, you get butterflies because they're so beautiful as a person, not Mm -hmm. just intrinsically and and aesthetically, but just as a human being to meet somebody who wants absolutely nothing for you other than to be happy and to be happy with you. Right. And it's not just Brie. It's the Ray Cares. It's the Marcus Capones. It's I could, Buster Frierson. I could name Cheryl who works here with me. And, and I, you know, Cheryl works at the company that I own, but mm-hmm. she doesn't work for me. Right. And she's the one that got me involved in CrossFit. But when somebody wants fucking nothing from you, it just, it's so hard to find these days. But when somebody oh. literally just wants the smile you have and the love you have to give them back, that's what we should all be looking for is those people. And they're out there. They're rare, like they but they're are. out there. And it's just, I, I watch people that get in these dark holes and, you know, and, and I'm going to say this and people like, look at me like I'm a fucking nut job when I say it. But if you're listening to this, please don't kill yourself. Like, please don't kill yourself. Please don't kill yourself. Even if you're having those thoughts, get fucking help, get happy, ask for help. Do not get into the position where you're debating whether your life is better on this planet or your life is better with you off this planet. Like there's not a question. Don't fucking kill yourself. If you get to the point where you're so dark and your life is so fucked up, there's no better time on this planet to reboot everything and get rid of everything that's bothering you. Remove it all. If it's a spouse that you don't like, if it's somebody that cheated on you, if it's a job you don't like, if it's a fucking boss you hate, and they're making your life so miserable or you're making your own life so miserable that you're, that you're thinking about taking your own life. That is the perfect time to sit down and go, let's remove all of this. I'm going to reboot and start over. Sorry. I just have to put that out because I keep every week. I hear a story about somebody taking their own life and they walked around on social media at their gym to their job and nobody fucking noticed, which I think is bullshit. Like, if your friends are fucked up, if they're on drugs, if they're making bad choices, they're crying for fucking help. Stop what you're fucking doing for an hour and help them a day, an hour. It doesn't matter. Like it just, it pains me. And I I'm going off on a, I'm getting on my soapbox here, but no, you're not. No, you're not. Man, Stop watching people make fucked up decisions. If a buddy of yours is cheating on his fucking wife, that's a cry for fucking help. Mm-hmm. If the wife is cheating on their spouse, if they're doing drugs, if they're getting into fucking alcohol every day, and I'm, I, you know, this, this fucking lifestyle that we lead where it's okay to have a six pack of beer or a bottle of wine a night. It's not, man. That's not no. fucking normal. It's not normal. Just because your dad and your grandpa did, it doesn't mean it's, it's good. Those are the same motherfuckers that smoke cigarettes on airplanes. Like, come on, man. Common sense. S- stop and help the people around you, even if you don't fucking like them. There's some people I, I, I say I wouldn't piss on if they were on fire. Man, I've changed my tune. I would help if they needed help tomorrow, period. Like, because you're, you, yeah. you see it for what it is. It's a cry for help. These people aren't – that's the thing I think yeah. people forget. And we talk about this a lot on the show. And, and like you said, you've listened, so you know that. There is this idea that if you act a certain way that people can't read through your bullshit. Well, fun fact, there's people like me and you who can, and it's obvious to us. I can see it a mile away. Oh, I right can see it a mile. I'll meet somebody, you know, I've been on the side doing consulting for movies and stuff very quietly for big movies. 
and I meet people that are super fucking famous. Kelsey, I can see it from 60 feet away. Yeah. I can I watch their body language and go, that person is an A-list celebrity. Mm-hmm. They're hurting inside. Mm-hmm. And all of this is just masking every bit of that, the paychecks yeah. that, and it's just like, man, and, and you watch them, they fall apart and TMZ and all these people are there to fucking, the minute they fucking shit the bed, everybody's there to watch and, and go, God, thank God that wasn't me. You know, I love watching a fucking car wreck when I drive by. I don't, man, stop the car and help. Like, like fucking help fix people, man. Like that's my problem. That's my problem is my husband will tell you that too. I'll straight up. I'm the first to physically stop a vehicle and get like, stop the car. If I see something, I'm the worst. I'm the worst human for this. Like I'm, I can be literally anywhere. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Tally. So those people you were talking about in your life that you have that are important, that are, they don't want anything from you, but to just be with you. So Tally Aldis um, is the president of my company. I used to walk into her business and be like, can it burn down? Can, can we burn this fuck down so you can come work with me? Because I need you in my life. I don't need yeah. you for a work aspect. I need you. Whoever you are to you, that's great. But what I see, what you stand for to me, how you are in life, who you represent to me, I need that in my life. And that's selfish, but I need you in my life. And I think that I can bring value to you too. And, you know, fast forward five years later, she works with me every day. The poor woman's with me six days a week. She's my wife and I love her more than, more than life. And my husband knows if he ever died, I move in with her. That's the end of that conversation. She's my wife. I love her. She, we do everything together. And it's not because she feels obligated. She's a value add and she brings, she brings positive light to me when she's come into this office last year in particular and seen me sitting on the floor wanting to kill myself, crying at the top of my lungs saying, I can't, I can't, this is too painful. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. Meanwhile, I'm here doing interviews with, you know, celebrities and all of these things. And people are like, you're doing so great. You're doing so great. You're, you're fantastic. And it's like, that's when I made the decision to start the podcast. I'll show you how fucking fantastic I am. Let's have this conversation. You want to see how real things are? Let me show you how real (laughs) things are. Because there's no reason. That right there. It's great. It's It's so great. People come into this coffee shop all the time. No, people come into the coffee shop all the time. And I'm roasting coffee back there, bagging coffee with Cheryl and doing stuff. And, you know, there's bison mounts on the wall. And everybody's like, God, you're doing really good. And I look at them and go, no, they're not. How much time do you have? Let me, let me show you the 75 things I fucked up just to get one thing right in this coffee shop. And they kind of look at you like, I'm like, man, like, like, don't buy into the bullshit. Like, yeah, I got muscles and tattoos and I got a few Instagram followers and this and that, but just spend a week with me and you'll go, holy fuck. Like this guy's a weirdo. Yeah. Like, you know, again, and I think more of that, like people need to do that, like that, that self-deprecating humor and making a joke of it because humor, you get it. Anybody that's ever been in the military, I don't care what unit it is. I don't care if it was a cool guy unit or you're a bath and laundry specialist. Man, the one thing the army gets right is dark humor, like period, oh. the military. Like it's just it, the one thing you get right, like being on a special forces team with a, a Thai guy, a black guy, a Mexican, you know, some All white guy, it. like, man, and just busting each other's balls and just like talking about stereotypes that are, are, are stereotypes for a reason because most of them are fucking true. 
it's and like hilarious and, and they're hilarious and it's okay and we've gotten so far from that so when people come into the coffee shop and they meet me for the first time i think most of them walk away and go what the fuck was that that's not the guy that was on the selection and i'm like dude it was a tv show like that's it. it wasn't fake but like man we were we had 13 days to shoot like that's not who I am. Like my social media right. is not like it's one tiny snapshot of my day. If you followed me around, you'd go, dude, this guy's fucking a hippie weirdo whack job that man, like just makes jokes all the time. And I'm like, but that's the way you live who I am. happily because you accept who you are. You accept what that means, what that sounds like, looks like, walks like, talks like, and you, you put that out to the world. And I got to yeah. tell you what a transition point it's been to see really look kind of back at your posts and you can see the progression of just, oh, it's was, like that I positivity. Was, I was angry. I thought I was cool. And then I was super angry. I blamed everything. And, you know, again, I don't want to get too far into it, but like, no, no. you know, you blamed everything it, on everybody you, else, you know, but yourself, this, this community, like Evan Hafer from black rifle followed the grateful dead was a huge deadhead kayaker. Just like me. We have so much in common. One of the greatest people in the world. And, the, the last conversation I had with him was get fucked. I'm moving to Wyoming. Fuck you guys. And, and I'm That's just putting it out who there. You like, are, right? This is That's not, not, it's not, it's not who I am, but it, at the time it was, and it had to be. And people asked me all the time about it. And it was like, it was me. The problem wasn't anybody else. It was me. I was hurting. I had so much going on. I took a two, I took a, a bigger bite that I could chew. Everything mm -hmm. was, you know, it just like you look at moments like that. And I probably have 10 of those in the last 10 years most of them were jammed into about a year long space where I was just man. And if oh, you man. look at my social media and, and people now are like, dude, you've lost it. And I'm like, no, this is I me. Found man. It. I'm happy. I found like, it. This is, you're seeing me happy. Mm -hmm. I don't do drama. And I think mm -hmm. people have to do that. The minute drama starts, if it's not a drama, like somebody bleeding out in front of you and you need to help them. Cause there's again, a car accident. I always use that analogy. If your kid's not choking, like that's the kind of drama that you're going to have in your life that you have to fix the rest of it. The minute drama starts, fucking pull that smoke grenade out yeah. and drop it right fucking front of you and pop smoke. Ooh. Get the fuck away from it because it's toxic like cancer and it just eats people up. And it's like, man, I can't stress that enough. Don't try and keep up with other people. Try and keep up with yourself. Like that's a full-time fucking job for anybody. I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. I don't care who Jeff Bezos, the richest fucking guy in the world. And look how much fucking shit he's had causing his own life in the last two years. If that dude with $190 billion can fuck his life up. Oh yeah. Somebody that somebody that makes 60 grand a year can fuck their life up real good or less. Easily. Or easily for less. And yeah, do it, do it a little cheaper and more effectively, I would think, because there, yeah. there's, there's this idea that money and success equal happiness. And I think that's where we've it's got the exact this opposite. Discussion. It's the opposite. I think money affords freedoms, which affords, if you use it right, it affords freedom to go do the things that make you happy, but it yes. doesn't give you happiness. Money doesn't make you happy. I've never paid myself from this company. This company makes me happy. This podcast makes me happy. Being around the people I'm around make me happy. Going to trade show to fucking trade show, telling my story, having people throw my shit at me and say that I killed children and that I should have died or that this bullet, did this casing kill someone? Well, that's not how bullets work, but we'll leave that for another conversation. The, right. the, when, you know, going and, and trying to be this 
person in the fashion industry, that was killing me. That was killing me. That going to magic in Las Vegas and prancing around with a bunch of people who, who would rather spend thousands of dollars on things like I have expensive things. I can't even say I don't, but it doesn't make me happy. It is not my end all be all. I would rather you pick me up and put me in the woods and leave me the fuck alone to do what I'm doing now. As long as I know that what I'm doing is making a difference in people's lives, it's helping my family and helping those around them. It is good for the environment. It's not a fucking disaster. I'm not actively trying to burn the world down behind me. As long as I'm doing those things, I am happy. But I've had to learn how to find out what makes me happy. I used to think money would make me happy. Sure, money would make me happy. Then I don't have to worry about veterans affairs cutting me off and not being able to pay the mortgage and, and all of those things. Sure, there's stressors behind it. But money doesn't make you happy. I know plenty of people with a lot of money. And there's no, some and my, my, people I know. Well, that's, and my dad, who was, you know, my dad started as a stock boy at Sears when he was like 18 and worked his way up. I mean, he just worked. Like he, the typical American story, worked his way up to a store manager of a, an auto parts store, an assistant manager, manager, regional manager, district manager, corporate, like 40 fucking years of grinding. Mm-hmm. And he was a smart guy when it came to people. He cared about people. He died, you know, he died prematurely. Like he, he, he wasn't a healthy guy. He smoked his whole life. He ate, you know, he had a bad diet. Like he was just that guy. He he was the quintessential seventies guy that never got out of the seventies, like continued his entire path, like eating, drinking and living like he was in the seventies. And it just doesn't work that way. You know, eventually your body's going to give out. But before he died, you know, probably six months, he said something to me that man, it's, it's become my mantra, no matter how things go with any of my businesses, money doesn't give you values. It exposes them like period. Ooh. Like that's it. It doesn't give you values. It exposes them. And fuck if I learned that in the last few years, because there's some other fuckers out there that, and I'm not talking shit or being negative that the more money they get, the worse fucking human beings they, they are. And it's like, man, don't become that person. Like money doesn't give you values, it exposes them. And you just hit the nail on the head man, everything that I do every day with Brie too, cause she's killing it in the real estate industry. Like she's fucking yeah, just destroying it. And you know, she's, she's so good at it, but we, we literally talk about it daily. Like money's, we can't let money affect us, whether we have it or don't have it. Like love is the most important thing. As long as we can pay our bills and have food on the table and we don't mm-hmm. owe anybody any money, everything from there is, is extra. Right. And like you said, it's okay to want things. It's okay to want a nice car. It's okay to want to go on vacation. It's okay to want things. But when you feed that machine too much and you're starting to buy things to impress other people, or you're talking about money to impress, man, that's, that's when things go, mm-hmm. man, they just go, they go bad fast. I, I wish everybody, I don't think it's a bad thing to want to have a million dollars or 10 million or a hundred million dollars. I just don't like, it no. just isn't, you can do it. You can do a lot of good with money for other people. And you can also do, you know, like for me and I, I watched this and I, I, I don't mean to keep bringing up like black rifle, but those fucking guys employ 500 people now. Yeah, like that's, a lot of people. that's the side of the stuff you, you see cool guy stuff. And then you go, wait a minute, these motherfuckers are veterans and they employ 500 people. And they're probably going to employ 20,000 in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big deal. And they're not the only ones I could name 20 other companies of veterans that you know, could have gone out and gone done contract work and stayed there and, or moved in the middle of nowhere and cared about themselves, which is fine too. 
but money will allow you to do some pretty impressive things. Like I, them and about five other companies, I don't turn on Instagram at all during the day without seeing them donating a check. And it's like, man, no, it's impressive. Pretty fucking cool. Like That's pretty goal, cool. Right? Yeah. To be able to do that. And, in, and I, you know, there's other people that will say, oh, they're doing that just to look good. No, they're fucking no, not. Fuck like, you, they're not. You, no, they're not. They're, they're not. Like they're they not trying to. to. Do, no, it's not them or anybody else. There's, you know, there's, again, there's probably, you know, Team Rubicon. I watch some of these companies that just do so much good for the world, mm-hmm. organizations, companies. And, you know, you watch people sit back and bash it. And that's kind of this whole theme of this conversation so with you is like stop looking for the negative. Like you can look at anybody and go, yeah, they're too short. They're too tall. They're too fat or whatever. Stop looking for it. Like look at, look for their smile, look for their positive qualities. And it's in companies and people and animals. It doesn't matter what it is. Like if you wake up every day with that attitude of fucking, I'm going to find, I'm going to look for everything fucking negative today. Good luck with that, man. Because that's about you. You're going to find it. And then you know what? When you're by yourself at night, brushing your teeth, guess what else you're going to find? You're going to find the negative qualities in yourself. You're going to do the same fucking thing that you do all day long to other people. You're going to do to yourself because you, you can't live that way. No, if you start living a positive life and then you start to go, Oh man, I feel pretty good about myself. Oh, is that okay? Cause that's what I did about five or six months ago. I woke up and I was like, man, is it okay to feel good about myself working out? Like, is it okay? Am I being an ego? I haven't asked Bri. I'm like, man, do I, am I a douche for posting, you know, no. me running with my, sh- with my shirt off? And she's like, no, because you're not, you're just being you. Like, it's okay to be you. Like yeah. if you go to a beach, you're gonna, like it just, but, but that's the position I was in. Like I was questioning things about myself that nobody should question. It should, shouldn't even be a question. Yeah. That makes if me I want to walk around, you're a great dude, man. You're a solid dude. You're oh, a great I, human. I, I'm, I feel it and I, you know, every day is a better day for me, but when you get to that point where you're just questioning so much about yourself and what you do every day, and it's like, man, it's an easy trap to get into. And I think a lot of people in our community are in that, mm-hmm. but they're, they, they hide it. And like you said, the word mask, like, it's like, man, just stop. Like be yourself. If you fuck something up, own it. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, it's a super powerful word. If it's genuine, mm. sorry. I'm sorry. I know I'm Canadian. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I hurt you. I'm sorry. I lied to you. I'm sorry. I was mean to you. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I didn't do what I said I was going to do. I'm sorry. Like I will right. fix this, but right. actually fix it. You know, yeah, make don't up just, for it. Don't just say it. Be that person who <clears throat> follows through on the word. And I think that comes down yeah. to not just saying sorry and meaning it. It's follow through on what you say. People talk so much yeah. of their ass now. And I think if you can, there's, there's a song and it, and, and, and um, it's a great song and it, I'm going to, the reason I'm bringing it up is because there's a couple lines in it that, that resonates so heavily with me. And I think it's important when you find something to be like, Oh, that, that clicks with me because nowadays people are like, I can't find anything, but I believe it's, it's from um, Mount joy and it's called silver lining. And it talks about if you're going to talk and teach, you better know very well about what you're going to talk and teach. And it's because we have this idea that you people just regurgitate information, but they can't think for themselves and they can't make decisions for themselves. So when, when you're going to say, I'm sorry, I fucked up, I'm going to fix it. You better fix it. Because yeah, then I'll believe absolutely. you and your character is restored with me because it takes, I'm that horrible person who takes one 
I have a trust thing, right? You're in the nest yeah. with the tree in the nest. If you're in the nest and you fall out of the nest, you're probably staying out of the nest unless you're going to show me for sure that you didn't mean to fall out of that nest. You got to show me that you, that you see value enough in yourself to go, you know what? I fucked up, man. It's cool. Just admit it. Then we learn and we move on because you need to learn from your mistakes. And our society is so quick to say, no, you fucked up. That's okay. Let's fuck up again. Let's fuck up again. Let's fuck up again. And then when you finally go, oh, I'm sorry, no one's going to believe you. Just no, or they're not, they're going to write you off. And trust me, like the last three years, man, there's, I, I threw out a lot of sorries. There's people that wrote me the fuck off. And if my name comes up, they're probably going to go, man, that guy, that guy's fucked up. And you know, it's, it is what it is. You know, hopefully I'll be able to fix some of that stuff, but you know, that, that word, sorry, like genuinely mean it and saying, I'm sorry. Powerful. Like, man, I'm sorry. It's a super, it's, you know, all the, the other semantics, but when you look at the word and what it means, love saying, sorry, just being a decent fucking person. Mm -hmm. And the other part of it is I watch people chase this. And again, I keep saying this from a firsthand experience. If you're a liar, if you lie about your marriage, if you lie about relationships, if you lie about anything, it's fucking exhausting. Yeah. Like it, and that, you know, for me, like it's exhausting. Like if you, if you have to carry that around in your stories and keep mm -hmm. them lined up and you're not an honest person, it would, man, it's so much easier. Buster Frierson and I, who's my business partner. And I talked about this yesterday. Fuck man. Clean living is so much easier than the alternative. Right? It, man, it's so great. And I wake up now every day and I just like the problems I have in the day with me, like I want to be a flat tire like that. If I get a flat tire yeah. on my truck, fuck yeah, man, this is great. I'm out in the rain changing a tire. Fuck yeah. That's my, my bison trailer has a flat, whatever. Those are the problems that people, that, that we should welcome and go, man, this is, this is an easy fix. Like, and I I'm doing that now. Cheryl and I laugh. We'll dump a been a coffee over and yeah, it's $50 worth of coffee that we have to throw away because we hit the floor. But those are the problems I want in my life. Like that's Great the problems. problem I want. Not problems that I create because of my egos or insecurity. Mm -hmm. It's so exhausting. And now that I can sit back and watch other people, I'm starting to watch people and without getting in their business, tap them on the shoulder and go, I can see what's happening because I've been there. Like, can, mm -hmm. can we talk? Can I, mm -hmm. can we talk? Can I help you? Yeah. You're hurting. Yeah. And it's, it's okay to do that. And I keep pushing that. Like, man, that's my theme. Like yeah. not to be a hippie or huggy, you know, touchy feely, like huggy guy, but man, being like a hippie. you keep saying the world, this, like, the world needs more hugs. Yeah. The world needs hugs and needs fucking cuddles and it just needs a little, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Because it can be if you want it to be, but you got to want it to be. I think that's the key too about you this do. bird is, you got to want to be better and you got to want to do better. But then you also also have to have the tools to know how to do those things. A lot of people, that's the biggest mistake, right? They either have some type of trauma, intergenerational, young, or it moves up and they've never coped with how do I manage this? How do I do this? How do I, how do I know how to let things go? Well, if the tools are never in the toolbox, how do you expect anybody to be well, do well and move forward? You can't. Yeah. So I think it's people like you 
It's people like Marcus. It's people that are trying to look at life outside of some horrible shit they've done, seen, or been a part of, or whatever it may be, whether it's from psychological, from just being away from family, from constantly deploying from, it doesn't mean you've had to have seen or done anything or had anything happen to you, but I'm telling you, being away from your family takes a toll. Deploying all the time takes a toll. It happens. The soft community has a 95% divorce rate. It happens. There is trauma built into the military without even deploying. And so- No, it does. And yeah. you know, and then you add on top of that when you get out, and I have to explain this to people, like, man, going into a chow hall or a PX with your tabs and all your shit on, yeah, there's going to be 90% of the people in there didn't reach the level you've reached, and they're mm-hmm. going to be enamored by you. Right. Guess who gives a fuck about you at the produce section of the grocery store? Nobody. They don't care. They don't, they're going to say, thank you for your service. Oh my God, you were a green beret. That's cool. After that, like it doesn't, it, it doesn't go further than that for most people. And it's like, that's a hard thing to transition. The other one is having somebody, I don't care if you're, I say it all the time. I don't care if you're a psychologist, a florist, you're a checker at the grocery store. If you do something and take pride in it, and somebody comes up to you and tells you, okay, June 14th next year, you can't do that ever again. You can watch people do it. You can watch movies about it. You can read books about it. You can, you can watch videos on the internet about it, but you can't, you can't be an attorney anymore after you've done mm-hmm. that for like, that, your that's life. your, that's your identity. Mm-hmm. You know, Todd's a good attorney in town. Hey, Todd, next June 14th next year, you can't be an attorney anymore. It's, it's a hard thing for guys and girls to figure out like, be fucking prepared to leave the military, whether you do five years in or 40, be prepared and don't start six months out when you're ready to leave the military, start like three years out. And I'm starting to see it. Guys and girls are starting to start businesses, lifestyle brands, start, they're starting, whatever it is they want to do, they're starting to do it. And it's like, well, I don't want the military to be mad at me because I started, fuck the military. Like start a business. If you're not breaking the law, Start a fucking business before you leave the military. Like, fuck you're them. Not breaking the law. <laughs> you, you, seriously, like, if you're not breaking the law by doing it, man, start a business before you leave the military. Start that path. Put resumes right. out before you leave the military. Say, hey, I'm getting right. out in a year. I need a job. I want to start yeah. a business. Go to a bank two years out and say, this is my business plan. Right. I want to start this conversation with a small local bank in Indiana where I'm retiring to start that conversation now and say, Hey, when I get out, I'm going to have $50,000 of capital. I want to borrow a line of credit of a hundred thousand dollars from you. I want to start a coffee shop in Indiana. Do it, do it, do it way before you get out, like plan. And people don't do that. Yeah. I talked to Mike Glover about this, not yesterday, the day before. And he's yeah. And and this was like a big thing. He goes, I knew this wasn't going to be my whole life. So I started thinking once I got in, what am I going to do when I get out? And that was like one of the first guys I had spoken to who was like, I knew that this wasn't going to be my whole life. So I knew I was yeah. going to have to plan. And so he's like, I knew at 17 when I joined, okay, what am I going to do after? How am I going to make something afterward? That was the first time I'd actually heard that. So it, it, it kind of threw me a little bit. because so I was like, well, I mean, you are Asian. So planning is in your life. So I expected yeah. that from you, but anyway, well, he else, and, and- and I don't know if they're still buddies, but he and a guy named Two Lamb, I don't know if you know Two, but sure, Two no. owns Ronin Tactics, which has become a multi-million, like phenomenal yeah. tactical company. I know he and Mike Glover, you know, we're, I don't know, we're friends, our friends. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. 
talked about it with him, but he's another guy. Like he started Mm -hmm. doing tactical gear and stuff way before he got out. Mike's the same way. Like they had this plan. They're both. And like you said, so they're one step ahead of us, but uh, those two guys, like, man, Mike Glover's building empire. Like he's, he's literally, you know, hopefully the government doesn't fuck with him too much because he's, you know, competing with them a little bit but it's like man talked about that yeah watching guys like and he's another guy that people beat up half you know half the guys i've never seen anything but positive fucking forward progression from that guy ever and two's the same way and then you you you, it's just like man like watch what these guys are fucking doing like he's created an entire industry like Like great example created a tire industry for for prepping and survival and I mean, it's just phenomenal. Like what, when you sit back and look at it and these guys aren't doing it with corporate money, they're not doing it with like, they're literally doing it by selling, selling two things to get one more, to sell three things, to get two more. And they're building this. And I know for, you know, I don't know him personally, but I guarantee you that guy's had some bad fucking nights where he's like, how the fuck am I going to pay my bills? Like, I don't know if he talked about it with you, but, but, but it's like all these guys have like every one of them. And it's like, man, that comes back to that, that word, and I'm a word guy. Risk. Mm-hmm. If you want to be sedentary and live an average fucking lifestyle, do it. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there isn't. But if you wanna, if you wanna, like, we weren't humans. We're not built that way. Like, we're mm-hmm. just, we're predators. We're doers. We're we're not sheep. We're not ants. Like, take mm-hmm. some fucking risk. It's okay to lose. It's okay to fail. It's okay to have 10 failures that lead to one success. If that success is worth the risk and a reward, like take some fucking risks. And I know so many guys, I know so many guys I grew up with non-veteran veterans, girls, same thing. And it's like, I'll hear them talk about shit forever. And now I just literally go, stop talking. Like either do it or don't talk to me about it. Don't ask me any more. Don't ask me any more questions about starting a fucking business. One, I'm probably going to tell you how to fuck it up before I tell you how how it's going to work, but stop talking about it. Either do it or don't, but take some, like, take some risk. It's okay. Take some risk, take some accountability, put some steps in place. Like if you want to rant about it, I'll listen to you, but you damn well better be taking the steps. Yeah. And people are so afraid to fail. It's like, man, don't be afraid to fail. Like, you know, you know what though? My husband said that to me last year after we went through, when we went through COVID in March, yeah. we lost 200 stores overnight. Like it's crazy. Gone. It was fucking insane. We're, the, most of them are still gone because Canada's a disaster. Wow. So we, we lost that. And I looked at him and I, and I felt everything fall apart. And he goes, I need you to understand if this fails, this isn't your everything. And I was like, First off, failure is not an option with this for me. You need to get that through your head, number one. Number two, this is my fucking identity now. This is what I do and who I am and how I help. So the idea of failure, and he goes, but you got you to realize you've built something. You've gone five years, you've built something, you've donated this, you've done that, you've worked with who, you've da 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 And I said, but I've taken the risk. I've put the time in. I've given this everything I have to give. It can't fail. And he goes, well, then it won't. It won't. If you've, if you've done everything you need to do, if you've done the work and, and you've reached out to the people that you can reach out to, because that's something that I'll do. And I did that to you. I'll straight up message anybody. I don't care if you're worth a billion Great. dollars. I don't give a shit. What's the worst thing you're going to say to me? No, I don't have time. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Like, move on. Let that's it go. It. Move on. Not that hard, but that's, 
that's how the world should be. We've gotten so we've compartmentalized everybody. Like the cool guys, the cool, these people, politics, politicians, rich people, poor people, black people, white people. It's like, man, if you want to talk to somebody, fucking talk to them. Like how did we, how did we get so far away that people are so intimidated by a conversation with another person? I, I see, man, I'm, I'm an, I am nobody. I'm just a guy that's just like fucking trying to just live my life and be happy. People come into the coffee shop all the time and will walk back to the roasters. Well, I wanted to, I didn't want to bother, I didn't want to bother you. I, I didn't want to be a mm-hmm. douchebag and come back here and, and talk to you, but I've been following your Instagram and it's like, man, I just, in my head, it's like, dude, how did this happen that somebody put me on this weird, creepy pedestal? Like, holy shit. Like, what have we done to ourselves? Like, literally, what have we done to ourselves that you're afraid to come up to me, me, of all people, and have a conversation? Dude, you're not, okay, let's not get this twisted. For people who aren't aren't watching this, Bert is a jacked, tattooed, beard, SF, kind hippie but he looks intimidating you look intimidating that's why it's not just that you you got to understand something whether or not you that is your past it's fucking impressive can't get that twisted you are an impressive human being for what you've been able to do you've done it the way you've done it how you've carried yourself and the example that you give is impressive it's 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 not necessarily just that people don't know how to talk. That's a huge, that's a, that's, that's its own issue, right? That's its own issue. People yeah. Also, and that's, that, yeah. that's kind of what I was getting like it, that that's a weird one to me, but I'm, I'm tracking what you're saying, yeah. but that part of it, like yeah, socially awkward and afraid to have conversations. Like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what it is like, Hey, right. what kind of car, what kind of tires are on your car? It doesn't matter, man. Pick anything. People right. kind of question, should I talk to that person or not? It's like, man, there's also people that are socially awkward that talk way too much and, you know, like, again, I, I wouldn't, not you, but oh, you know do. what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. but I'm talking your average person. Now we've gotten so we've put each other in so many different boxes based on color and size and, mm-hmm. you know, lifestyle and how we dress and how we act. And I don't think we just did this overnight. Like this has been going on for a long time since we yeah. stopped wearing suits in the seventies and everybody wore a black suit and women wore dresses. Like, we've created our own styles, but we now we're putting each other in such boxes that, you know, people, and, and I, guys use this, other people use it, man, we're all, if you live in America or Canada or North America, even Mexico, whatever, there's not tribes. There's one tribe, man. Like if the world goes to hell in a handbasket, like, man, yeah. we're, we're all going to, if it's China and Russia against America, guess Bro, what? We're, fucked. All in, we're, calling we're, we're all tied. I will be in the mountains, man. Just ready to go. But, but you know what I mean? Like we just yeah. like, I love the theory of tribes, but I also realize that when you look at tribes at a core, half the tribes, when the word tribe was created, were murdering each other and right. over stupid shit, cultural yeah. beliefs, doesn't matter. Yeah. How do we figure out how to get people back to like, just, being decent people like we did in the forties and fifties. And I know there was racial issues and tension and stuff back then, but I think people valued conversation and just what we're doing, what you and I are doing right now. This is how we do it. We keep doing this and we keep it going and we keep spreading it and we keep having the hard conversations, have the conversation. And that's another thing, have conversations with people you don't agree with. Hear other people's perspectives. I I love that. 
I love yeah. it. And I, I try and do that. You know, social media is a weird animal. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I post, try and post as much positive stuff as I can. People still post bullshit comments, excuse me, bullshit comments. And, you know, I've learned to, to realize because I was like them at one point in my life that that's about them and not about me. And you got to just like, that's how they and people say, well, d- well, don't read the comments get the fuck out of here. Then why even have a social media? If you're just going to yeah. post shit and go, look how awesome I am. I'm not going to read my comments, read every fucking comment, read every comment, because those are real people that are watching your social media that have taken an interest in you as a human fucking being read every fucking comment. Had so offline. Like I'll take it from a comment on my post to a DM and people yeah. will perfect example. This fucking guy comes in the coffee shop last week. And I wasn't there. He talked to Cheryl. He's like, I don't understand this hippie bullshit. Like, why do you have Grateful Dead stuff like in here? But the guy is also a Green Beret and you have, you know, stuff about Teddy Roosevelt. The guy came back in. And this is great because the guy came in and he's, you know, he's, he's, and I try to judge people. I'm just sitting there looking at the guy. He's got a handlebar mustache. He's a fucking liberal. And he's wearing a Johnny Cash t-shirt, which in itself, you know, because Johnny Cash, everybody thinks was such a bad boy. Johnny Cash wasn't a Merle Haggard and fucking Waylon Jennings. Those are bad boys. And this guy, I knew right away when I saw his t-shirt, I was like, oh, here we go. Coffee shop crusader. And he comes up, he's like, and I'm having a conversation with somebody else. And he goes, so what's your story? Like interrupts right in the middle of it. Cheryl was standing there and Cheryl looked at me because she's like, oh God, he's going to knock this guy's fucking teeth down his throat. And I killed him with kindness. And then he's like, are you the guy that does all the Grateful Dead stuff with the army stuff? And I was like, one, I don't do any army stuff with my business at all. I don't, that's not who I am. Two, and then he says to me, man, I feel sorry for your kids. And I was like, oh no, bad idea. And I'm just like, man, and he's like, because all this hippie stuff is, and I had to explain to the guy. So I killed him with kindness and took an hour of my life that I'll never fucking get back, but I'm glad I did. And I had to explain to him that, Robert Hunter and Jerry Garcia, who wrote most of the lyrics for the Grateful Dead, 90% of their songs are about American history, gunfighters, the Civil War, Canada, the railroads from here to Canada and Mexico, like literally 90% of the Grateful Dead's music, if you read it and look at the lyrics, is about American and North American history. And I had to explain this to this guy. Long story short, the guy ended up shaking my hand and really apologizing to me and was super embarrassed. He's like, man, I didn't know any of that. And it was like, there you go right there. Could I have said, Hey motherfucker, I'm going to give you about 30 seconds before I grab you by your fucking throat and throw you out on main street. Cause I can't, because this is my store and I can still do that. If you come in here and talk shit to me and my kids, you brought my kids up, but I took, I, I paused and I took a breath and I had a logical conversation with somebody who had the exact opposite politics as me, the different belief systems, everything about the guy was the exact opposite of the human being that I am. And we ended up leaving on a positive note. Guess who came back the next day and bought a t-shirt, a bag of coffee and talked to me for 15 minutes and said, Hey this man, again, I'm really, I'm, I'm really sorry. Talking about. But he said, I'm really sorry. And there's that word again. Hey man, I'm sorry. I was having a bad day. This was about me. And I was a fucking prick. Like, that's it. If you and give- Cheryl, Cheryl watched the whole thing and just had this smile on her face. And then afterwards, she was like, "Man, I really thought you were gonna fucking hammer that guy. The way you handled it was absolutely perfect. Like this is great." And you Cheryl's tough, man. Growth? 
You know what growth that shows for you though, Bert? That's it. It is. And I got, I left the situation going, man, that's, that's, that's my victory for right now, this hour. What's the next one? Like who, who's the next person that I can help have a better day. And it's that mentality. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to sound like a hippie, but being nice is a whole lot easier than being tough and mean. It really is like period. There's a time to be mean though. Like there just is, there's people that need to die on this planet. There's people that need to have their ass beat. There's Mm -hmm. people that need to be in prison for the rest of their lives. Like there's a lot of them, Yeah. but your average 98% of the people in the world are decent human beings struggling to do this same thing things that we are every day to pay their bills, put food on, stop for a minute, recognize that and just treat people with kindness until they give you a reason not to like period. Patrick Swayze, Roadhouse, super simple. Fucking Roadhouse. That's all. You know be what? nice. Be nice. Roadhouse bison. That's it. It's not like that's the key to winning at life, Bert. That's it. Bison, Damn. man. Eat more bison. Like you're going to be, we, so we didn't talk a whole lot. Of, we didn't. What's that? You're going to be mad at you, me when I say this. You don't eat meat, do you? I fuck you. I eat meat. Of course I eat meat. What kind of conversation is that? Don't ever judge me like that again, Bert. I eat meat. I have some stuff from overseas. That's I, I don't eat pork that yep. really, and I don't do skin on food, but Got it. I'm working on that. And I've never, I don't not eat bison. I've never tried it. And I'll tell you why I went to, uh, I used to be a camp counselor when I was in high school and yeah. we took the kids to a bison farm. And then I saw how lovely they are. <laughs> and like, I love cows. I like call them moo-moos. I'm 31. I fucking think yeah. they're the greatest things. But I've just never, I'm t- they're, to me, I look at them and I'm like, but I love them. But I've never tried Yeah, it, man, I will tell you the single most spiritual and hardest moments of my entire life, even being in the military and deploying you know, about once every 30 to 45 days, I drive a load of bison myself, oh. my, myself and John, John Moss, who's the founder and owner of Mountain Primal, which is a meat company that's very, very supportive. They do a lot of stuff with Black Rifle and other people. Yeah, I know. Super supportive of the veg. I mean, just a phenomenal, this guy, you know, and he and I do business the way it should be done on a handshake, no lawyers involved. He just says, I need this. I raise it. I put it in a trailer and I drive it to him. But about once every 30 to 45 days, I drive a load of bison to a processing facility. And man, I don't take it lightly. Like it's, and and I don't, I know you can appreciate this again, hippie, 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 but a lot goes into a life. And, you know, that's, that's one of those things. It doesn't matter if it's a butterfly, if it's a bison, if it's a human being, you know, to reach maturity as an adult in any species on this planet is not a simple task. A lot goes into a life. So for me, I've gotten into the meat industry, but you know, the bison industry is not bison numbers are not going to go up unless there's meat involved. It just, it is what it is. There's not enough millionaires and billionaires that just want to raise bison for fun. There's smart people that became billionaires and millionaires for a reason. They're yeah. Yeah. Is there some guys out there and women that want to have bison just to own them and go look at a herd on their ranch? There is. That's but that's so thing, so few and far between. But man, I the first load I dropped off, like this was a couple years ago, year and a half ago, yeah, a couple years ago now. Every time I do it, like it is 40 hours of driving. I drive up to Rame, North Dakota, and then I drive back down to Montrose, Colorado, then back to Sheridan. And it is a somber, like 
it's as real as it gets for me. And it, I don't take it lightly. Like it's tough. You know, they're just, if you look in their eyes and you look at them and it's see so them and every time I stop to get diesel and I check on them and you just see them and it's like, again, I don't want to sound like, like a pussy, but you're talking about a life. You're not it, it you're is. talking about and a I life think, and the way it should be talked about. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing that we need to talk about as a culture and a society is like the value of life again. Like, I think that that gets lost. And I think a lot of people specifically from the community we come from watch movies and TV shows and man, I think they'd be surprised at how much actual special operations people value life. You know, is there people that, yeah, there's always going to be guys that are just geared differently and girls that are differently. Let's go fuck. Hold on, you cut out there, Bert. What'd you say? Burn it down. Let's need people as a whole, I think, warriors and you know, they're just geared differently. It's no different than Native Americans and warriors then. Like there's there's just men and women who are geared for war. They'll handle it better. They're the mm -hmm. people that we need to have that do things in the middle of the night that nobody else wants to do or will do. And right. nobody will make that sacrifice. But I think as a whole, we need to get back to kind of stop embellishing killing and start like it. really, yeah, really looking at asking somebody to go to another foreign land to fight somebody and to take their life or to have their life taken. Like it's fucking, that's a big deal. And I think yeah. somehow the general public that follows the fanboys and fangirls that follow this stuff that aren't in the military, that don't understand it, that, you know, it's not fucking cool. Like it's not like taking a life is a powerful, powerful thing. Um, whether it's an animal, whether it's a person, you know, the hunting community is, is the hunting industry is rocking and rolling and the best hunters I know man, the best, and some of them here in Wyoming are the best hunters in the entire world. They value life so fucking much. They use every inch of that animal from the tip to the tail. Mm -hmm. They value life. They take a moment after they take a life. Mm -hmm. I think as a society, we need to really think about that. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I really couldn't. I think everything that you said, it, it matters and it means a lot. And I think hearing like this is why I wanted to talk you know to you in particular because of the way that you view things now I think we all have pasts and we all have things we've done and we all look at the world be in a different way in a different perspective because of the things that we have done but I also know seeing the progression in you and, and knowing it and hearing it and watching it and then getting to know you over the short period of time just leading up to the show and hopefully to have you on again because you your demeanor just changed really quickly when you started talking about your babies and taking them somewhere. And that, when you say, oh, I have this hippie shit, this hippie shit, it makes me laugh every time you say it because this isn't hippie shit. This is just feelings. These are normal human feelings that you shut off for a long time, that I shut off for a long time, that a lot of people who yeah. do our jobs shut off for a long time. And now you found that again. And the way you found it is you didn't let the negativity eat at you. And then you looked at these animals and go, these are not only going to be my solace, my happiness, my peace, my plan for my life and raising and raising them. You respect them for who and what they are on this planet. You Absolutely. respect what they're going to bring to other humans with their bodies. And you're going to use every aspect of that animal and nothing is going to go to waste. But while they're alive, 
you're giving them the best life. You're not holding them in hands. You're letting them live. You're letting them breathe. You're letting them have fun and run. And you're doing the opposite of what you used to do. And I think that's not hippie shit. And that's not by, that's, you know, that's not by fluke. This is by design. Meeting Brie the way you met her, that's by design. You finding bison in your life, that's by design. You don't realize it, but it is. But you're making a difference now in such a different way than I think you ever thought you would. You're bringing education to people who thought bison were not an animal that you normally eat. You're, you're, you're yeah. bringing an education into the way and how much work and effort and time it takes to, to produce a food and a, a, a sustainable system. And people kind of forget because of factory farming and they're like, oh, hunters. It's like, no, you don't understand when you take a life when you raise something from when it's born and you watch it come out and then you go and you have to drive it for 40 hours to go and you know what's going to happen at the end of that. The only thing that you've done is you've given the community an eye open to the right way to live life. You've given the community an eye open the way to be healthy and happy again. But you've also given the community hope in that we can have these conversations, Bert, and it be a normal fucking thing. And there's nothing hippie fucking about it uh, well that's uh, it's great the way you put it and you know that's uh, you you like saying it we need to keep having these conversations and we need to get other people to have these conversations and i think it's what you're doing like i've again i listened to six year podcast in the last like three days and it's just oh, like God. man no. it's and i don't listen to me i need to listen to more because there's some no, great ones don't. out there yours 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 included but it's like you know, again, like you get caught up in things, but listening to people talk, like it's, it's, it's so rewarding to me. I don't watch much TV anymore. I love TV. I watch movies. It's, it's now it's at like a 20 minute to a 30 minute interval. Like while I'm eating, if I'm by myself or breeze busy quick. or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. just, 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 just a filler and to, you know, I need it. And, and it's, it's not a weakness or anything, but I need to release. I, I need dumb stuff every now and then that I don't have to think I can watch Clint Eastwood. I can watch. doesn't matter the office. It doesn't anything. I just need to disappear and not think about anything except watching somebody else do some funny stuff or watch, you know, a good Western movie, whatever it is. Right. And by the way, I, I forgot to mention it, man, Canada has some absolutely phenomenal bison ranches and farms. Like, man, that is another country that is pushing this animal and like literally powering the regeneration of those numbers and bison like Canada man, the amount of Canadian bison ranchers and farmers that I talk to on a daily or weekly basis, like our countries, we, we laugh and joke at each other, but we really do get along really well. And we are very yeah. similar, even though our politics aren't the same and our policing isn't the same. You know, we have issues and social issues that are different, but man, Canada and America are, we're in this together and people don't realize that, but I just had to give a shout out to the Canadian, yes. you know, bison ranchers and farmers, because there's some phenomenal ones and they're really helping the growth of the animals. And, and some of them have become mentors of mine. They've been doing this for two or three generations up in Canada. And man, that's, that's another thing I want to mention. It's okay to ask for help. I, I said it earlier, mm -hmm. but I've probably got half a dozen bison ranchers and their families that are helping me to include, mm -hmm. include being in my herd in Nebraska. I'm an absentee owner. I'm down there in a bit. I pay for everything. My animals are there, but they watch them during the day because I can't be there every right. day. Um, right. So there, there's so many programs. And, you know, I just wanted to plug the bison stuff because I get questions all the time about people that want to start a ranch or want to do this stuff, veterans that get out. It's, it's not that hard. 
but it's like getting a puppy or having a kid. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fucking work for a few years. Like you can't they, yeah. bison don't just, even though they're one of the most easy animals to raise and they're hardy and they're healthy, you don't have to do a lot with them. They're powerful. They need a lot of attention. They need right. a lot of food. There's a lot of work that goes into raising 10 bison, let alone the number I have, which is, again, I bit off way more than I could chew. It has worked out for the positive, <laughs> but man, it was, it, you know, that's another aspect. If somebody's getting out of the military and you're trying to figure out what to do with your life, farming and agriculture, you're already giving the government paycheck every month. If you went the, you know, if you've, if you've followed your benefits, mm-hmm. ranching and farming, even on a small level is very, 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 very rewarding. It, it gives you a sense of purpose. It's the same thing. It's, you know, like bison for me, it, it's a lot. And I talked to Buster about being on a cattle ranch in Texas. It's, it's a very similar dynamic to the military and you get out of the right. military and you lose all this action that happens in your life comes down to like this, like being in traffic or driving fast in a car, turbulence on an airplane. Those are the things that get my heart going now being mm-hmm. around bison. You know, it's just yeah. funny. I laugh about it because, you know, you spend months and months and months and years and years flying on helicopters and fast roping to do all yeah. this stuff. <laughs> my, my heart gets, my heart gets racing now, like doing a CrossFit competition. Cause I was nervous mm-hmm. and had, you know, I had to shit three times before I, I went that. out there. I'm like, fuck, I have no, like, I got my ass kicked. Like half the women at the top tier beat my ass, but you know, it's, I think it's important for veterans find ways to get your heart rate up that are healthy. You know, for me, it's Mm -hmm. bison, it's CrossFit, which I made fun of for so long. And now, now I drank the Kool-Aid. I feel better than I ever have. Yeah. And I go in every day. I think at a lot of CrossFit boxes, everybody has this person they're chasing. That's a little bit better than them. And I have one. And she's a 30-year-old teacher whose husband works at King Saddles, one of the, probably the most iconic Western brand in America. He's a leather worker and they run the kids, they run the kids rodeo every weekend. But my point is like Mandy, Mandy's, I'm, Mandy's my target. So, you know, it used to be a guy on a team next to me that I, oh, I can do more pull-ups, push-ups. I can outshoot you at the range. It's funny now that my life, I filled that, that void to get my heart rate up and have that competition and I'm chasing a 30-year-old elementary school teacher who fucking beats my ass every single day by just a little bit on some days and by a lot on others. And I'm like, God dang it. But my point is find something. Like yeah. find something. Bison are the same way when you spend time around them. Yeah, they calm in the middle of a pasture that's got great grass. I can hand feed my bulls. But when you go to move them or work them, it is like, You'll yep. have to come down like one of these years, like not, maybe if it's not this year, next year, come down for the roundup. And my point is, if you're a veteran out there and you're like, don't sit on the fucking couch, like don't, yep. don't sit and feel sorry for yourself. Like find something that gets your heart rate up. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Find something that challenges it. Like for you, you, you probably get nervous before every pot, not nervous, but like you want your podcast to go challenge yourself and find something that gets this thing going. Yeah. Like, like it did when you went on a mission or when you went fast open or skydiving or, you know, even static, whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know, replace those things. I think a lot of people replace those with sex and drugs and, and ego alcohol. and alcohol, yeah. man, like find stuff that's positive, but I think that's super important for us. No, it is. And, it and, is. I, and I'm not just talking about special operations. That's anybody that leaves the military, mm-hmm. find something that gets your heart going. 
like whatever it, it is. To. It has to for your psychological health and for ways that, yeah. you know, fitness and, 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 and having your blood moving. That's like one of the number one things that my doctor has preached to me on a regular basis. You need to move your body. And I was like, fuck you. I move a lot. And he's like, move faster, move harder. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, fine. And then I got on a road bike and I was like, now I'm addicted to that. Great. Now I'm I fucking did a road bike ride across France with wounded warriors. It was like a 600 kilometer bike ride. And we landed on oh. beach on D-Day. And on oh, that's and awesome. Like yeah. that. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Find yeah. there's shit like that every day, everywhere, yeah. somewhere everywhere. out there. That's just so positive. Bro, I signed up for my first triathlon. Two that's one place ago. I've never been. Yeah. yeah. France? Yes. Like that's, that's on the top of my list. I worked on a movie last year and all the, 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 the director of photography, all the camera guys and everything were from Normandy and they were showing me pictures of their house. They were like, you have to come every mm -hmm. year. There's 10,000 people that show up there. It's British, American, French. There's no Everyone. negativity. It's positive across the board. People celebrate history and they celebrate mm -hmm. the loss of life and the sacrifices. Anyway, uh, it, it's it's on the top of my list to go to go there. Yeah, you got um, it. You got it. It's worth it. I mean, we did the. We were fortunate. That, I'm fortunate enough that my husband was a supercross racer, so he's fit. So I was like, let's do this wounded warrior bike ride with Canada. 150 of us went over, and we did it to raise funds, right? And so they're like, yeah. we're gonna ride about like 80 to 150k a day, and we're gonna land on Juno Beach on the 75th anniversary. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. And so I ended up getting a bike and I hadn't been on a road bike like long since my pregnancy. And, um, I was like, I got on this thing and I was like, this, this is it. This is it. This is it. Everyone. I'm a spandex dickhead. I don't give a fuck what you say. And I will ride in the middle of the road because when I'm going 60 kilometers on a road bike and I'm passing your car, you don't get to have a conversation about being in the middle of the road, bitch. I passed your ass. So love like, it. Don't. I love it road biking for me was it. And then it was yeah. like, I needed the competition aspect because I'm very competitive after I yeah. fought professionally for so long. And then when in the military, I was like, I need to win at everything. So I, then I did a triathlon and I could do the run and I could do the bike and the swim was a little dicey. So I got kicked in the face immediately. So I was like, I'm gonna wait this one out. I went dead last into the water, did my swim, made the time, but then I got on the bike and I was like, my Felicia, like See I ya. found my deal because it got my heart rate up. It made me happy. It made me feel competition. And I was like, okay, yeah. yep, shit, this is it. And then I called up my buddy Iggy and I was like, listen, little Asian man, it's Iron Man time. And he's like, wherever you want, sister, I'm there with you. And I was like, oh my God, I've made a mistake. I forgot you're a ranger. Fuck, shit. Oh no, I forgot that you're really good and very fit and you're, he's a CrossFit bro. He's a crosser, yeah. bro. Oh man. He's, he's insane. I'm like, I can't. Shh. And he's small too. And I was like, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. So I, I, I commit though. If I say I'm doing it now, I'm doing it. Now we just got to pick one and go, two. but it is, there is an aspect of holding yourselves accountable and making sure that you're looking after your physical fitness because it affects your mental health. So significantly people have no idea a 20 minute oh, God. A day, 20 minutes. You, okay, 20 you keep minutes seeing me push it. You keep seeing me push it. Like, yeah man, feeling it's okay to feel good about yourself. Even if you're on the extreme, like you just mentioned your buddy, like it's okay to, it's okay to man, just like go overboard and be so into fitness. Like, but for people that are out there that are, I said it just yesterday on my post, man, get like, even if it's like a starting with a 20 minute walk, Yeah, that's Bree and I's thing, man. We go for a walk, no matter what, like our goal is every time we're with each other every day, we're at least going to do a walk somewhere, like mm -hmm. put our phones down, go for a walk, 
decom- put music in your ear, whatever it is. I'm a big music guy, music man. I, I, that could be a whole nother music well, is such a power. On, Bert. You're so music awesome. is such a anytime music is such a powerful thing like again i don't care what your job is what you do where you're at in the world like music is you know it's such a powerful spiritual thing it does but like get out and do just go for it start with a 20 minute walk every day you don't have to go do a triathlon you don't have to do a crossfit i will say aside from the military no worries sorry uh, no, aside from the mil- aside from the military, um, you know the CrossFit. Like I just got lucky. Like the the CrossFit gym, I made fun of it for a long time because that's what you tend to do when you're intimidated by something is is make jokes about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a joke, man. Like oh look, everybody says oh man, you're gonna get hurt and you're you know like CrossFit injures people. And I'm like no, anything. If you go skydive fifty times in a day you know, you're going to push the limit. If you do anything, if you go bike, Mm -hmm. like again, you can, anything you do physically, you could overdo it. It's a matter of killing your ego and saying, okay, I'm going to listen. But man, it's been super positive for me. Like one of the most positive things I've ever done in my entire life. And I feel better. And aside from it, I, again, I, I'm going to say it. I look better. I feel better. It's it's okay. It's okay. Like, it's okay to do that. Like, it's okay to, 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 to want to better your life. But I, I keep saying that to people, man, like get like you don't have to be sober, but like take a day of stop drinking fucking beer and booze or whatever and put put that time into working out. You can have both. You can eat fucking garbage. I eat worse now on some days than I ate when I was 20 years old. Like it's a, I just put in the work and I eat healthy the other five right. days a week. That's right. It's called balance. It's, it's balance. Finding the yeah. yin and yang to things, man. Yeah. I mean, I I use cannabis for sleep for my nightmares, but it's, I don't yep. smoke seven fucking joints before I bed. I use the dosage I know I need and I function. I watch some TV. I eat a little snack. I laugh at some stuff and I go to bed. It's okay to have routine. It's about doing it healthy. It's about being smart about it. It's going, Hey, I'm not going to eat McDonald's six days a week and go, I don't feel well. Okay. Maybe let's try McDonald's like three days a week. Let's work your way down. Let's just integrate <laughs> yeah. small steps, baby steps. Yeah. It's nothing hard if you baby step your way, but it's when people bite off these chunks and they're like, well, I'm quitting smoking. It's like, how about you cut down to 10, 10 cigarettes a day, then two cigarettes a day, then whatever it is. Yeah. And and I'm like, I've tried that in my life to be a a binger to a, just literally cutting something out. It never works out. Well, you always come back. You literally always come back 10. If I try and go a hundred percent clean, I might be able to do it for three months and yeah, my body will change and I'll feel good about it. And I'll look good and happy for myself. And then it's like, I find myself at 12 o'clock at night eating like four (laughs) quarter pounders with cheese, you know, 20 nuggets, two large fries. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't work. Like I'm not one of those people that can cold turkey stuff. I just can't, I have to wean off of it or like I do now, I pick a couple of days a week. And on those days, I'm going to eat any fucking thing I want to eat. It doesn't matter right. if I want to have a Haagen-Dazs ice cream for breakfast. That's what I'm going to do. I right. just know that the other five days a week, I have to get it together. Eat halfway decent because I'm 45 years old now and don't want to die. Well, you don't look 45. So that's a win. And I, and I'm, we're hoping that you don't die any soon because you've got a lot of value to give in life still. A lot of positivity to I'm share. I'm trying. I got a lot of catching up to do. I was a real fucking asshole and just an unhappy person for a long time. Like, man... If you're listening to this and you're angry all the time, 
I can tell you two things. One, it's not about anybody else. It's about yourself. Right. Fix your, fix your fucking shit. It's not about it. You know, it might be a little bit about other people, but I'd be willing to bet 80% of your anger is about you and nobody else. Like fix your shit. Right. Don't blame other people for your shit. Stop making fucking excuses. Like literally I hear it all day long. People blame other people for shit. And I just look at them like, motherfucker, <laughs> that's you. You're fucked up. Like you just, fix you your shit. A, you need to take a mirror and go kettle. Yeah, flat. that's it. And it's, it's, but like driving around angry all the time, like, man, I've been there. It's exhausting. It's way more work than, than, than just being happy and decent owning the shit that you fucked up. Like stress, if that's in this whole fucking podcast, man, if you're angry, fix your shit. It's not a good way to live. And nobody's to blame for your unhappiness, but you, if you don't like your spouse, then don't be with them. If your spouse disrespects right. you and you don't want to be with them, don't be with them. If you don't like your job, if you drive to work every day and you're unhappy before you walk into your job, fucking quit. Yeah, problem. McDonald's is literally doing college tuition now, full benefits, mm-hmm. 15 to $17 an hour. You can be a manager within a year making $60,000. Like you have no fucking excuse. I've never driven by a McDonald's. It wasn't hiring. Right. Put your pride aside. Uh, seriously. No, like literally. Starbucks. They do university, they do benefits, they do, they pay really great money. Like that's what I don't understand when people are like, I hate my job. There's nothing else I can do. It's like, well, no, there's plenty you can do. How much do you want to work for a better life though? How much it's it's going to effort. It's going to be effort. You're going to have to have some drive. You're going to have to put some fucking initiative into your steps and want it to be better. You can't just ask for it. You need to want to do it and take, and take the steps to do it. That's all it needs to happen. It's not that difficult. No, it's super simple. And, and, you know, I did it differently. Like I had to cut everybody out of my life, except one person, like over the last 18 months, I had one person out of a year. That was one person. That was it. And that might be overwhelming for some people. It might've been overwhelming for the person that I had in my life, but Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't, she opened her arms and said, literally, actually she reached her hand out and and said, let me help you back up on your feet because I can see who you are. And I think that's important to find people like that, that stick with you. And if you can get along with somebody and if somebody sticks with you through the hard times, like the good times are going to be that much better. But I'll tell you what, man, there's a lot of motherfuckers that bailed on me and and I'm not playing victim, but it's pretty funny when you get in a shitty position in your life and you're not cool, you're having issues or you're, you're, you're in a taboo position where people look at you and go, Oh God, he did what? It's like, man, people will fucking bail on you in a motherfucking heartbeat. If you're listening, don't be that fucking person. Mm-hmm. If somebody's hurting or their life is fucked up or they're burning their fucking life down, don't turn your back on them because you think it's going to embarrass you. Get fucked. Like, right. actually try and help that person. Be a right. decent fucking human being and say, you know what? I'm going to stick with you through this and help you get to the other side. Even if it makes me look a little bit bad to associate with you, I'm going to stay with you and stay with this. Ray cares, one of 20 people. Like, I keep saying that. Motherfucker doesn't care who I am. No. He likes me because I'm mean. Like he doesn't he care if you. I make a mistake. He, he loves you. He doesn't like you. He loves you. Same, and it's and it's back. And there's there's so many people in my life like that that it's like I just want to open my arms and give them a big hug every day. And that's the, like again, man, don't bail on people when they're fucked up. Like if you if if you if you can support them when they're successful and they make you look good. Right. Fucking support them when they make you look bad. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, unless right. they 
specifically make you look bad and ruin your life or do something to fucking yeah. that's that's hateful or spiteful but if them making a mistake in their life or their life falling to pieces makes you look bad and you bail on them fuck you like seriously yeah like be a I decent person i have plenty of I, there's plenty of i know you've been there you. like and yeah. i think everybody has yeah nobody wants to talk about it though because god forbid you you um you either have done that to someone and you feel ashamed or you have been on the other end of it where someone has done that to you and yeah. it just makes you sad. But if we don't stand up for the people that are in our circles and we don't reach out and reach our hand out, then you're going to be the one response, not responsible, but you, you damn well better expect that phone call and what that's going to be on the other end of that phone call. If you know they were struggling, you can't fucking for a second say that you didn't know. And when you get that call that that person killed themselves, you better sit back and look at yourself in the mirror and go, all right, it's not my fault. I can't stop someone from ch taking their life, but I can be there for them and hope that yeah. I'm enough of a positive influence that they don't decide to do it. Absolutely. And that's who we should be. And we should be held to a different standard of it because we were in the military and the line of work mm -hmm. that we did. And it's not just us, it's firefighters, police officers, paramedics, nurses, like paramedics, like God, the nurses in this world do not get enough credit for what they do. Holy shit. No. Like, Talk about a group of people, nurses and paramedics, like, man, I have to explain that to people all the time. Like PTSD isn't, a, you know, hasn't a been copyrighted term. and trademarked by the military and law enforcement. Like imagine working in an emergency department, seeing child molestation, elderly people being abused, car wrecks, drug addicts. I, I could name 50 things that things. nobody wants to, you know, people that cry when they see a, a U.S., you know, the Sarah McLaughlin dog SPCA video, like go right. be a nurse, go watch, go watch what nurses do for one fucking night. And I guarantee you'll have a better appreciation for everything in this world to include taking your fork from your table to your mouth. You'll go, Holy shit. I'm really fortunate. I don't have to do that for a living. Right. Exactly. No, and that's it's exactly just, what it is. Yeah. But that's like, again, man, happiness is a, a choice. You're not, a I, I wasn't going to say I started to, and I use the You're better not a word. You're hippie, bro. I use the I use the other H word. There's hippie and there's happy. For me, they go together. But I use the other H word. Happiness is a choice. Like it's your fucking choice. I don't care who you are. It's your choice. Out there somewhere, there's a seven year old kid that just got diagnosed with cancer and is going to be in chemotherapy and radiation for the next five years of their life. Your fucking problems on Instagram aren't real problems. Like right. fix your fucking shit. That's like it. put it in perspective. Own, own your shit too, right? Yes. Stop blaming everybody else in the world for your problems and grab yourself, give yourself a shake and move forward. Be happy, be healthy and just try to be a nice person. And it That's won't it. be that hard. Patrick Swayze Roadhouse, be nice. Fucking Roadhouse. God damn it, Bert. <laughs> God damn it, Bert. I didn't think I was going to go this long with you. I mean, I could go hours and hours, but I think I think I'm going to I'm think I'm going to cut us there only because I'm going to have you back whether your poor little soul likes it or not. It's yeah. It's whenever happened. I'm, I'm always here. Like, again, I like know. this is like, I, I really love what you're doing. I can't thank you enough for your vulnerability and the stuff you talk about, like, and you've magnified it even worse because not worse, but better because I don't think there's a lot of females. I typically don't put people in classes, but there's not a lot of females that are, that are being vulnerable like that. Men are, I think oddly enough, I think men are doing a better job of it than women are. But it's nice that you're on here and you're, you're being vulnerable and you're talking about the stuff you talk about. Like, it's just the world needs more of this. Like, Thanks, thank man. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Listen, I, 
I'm coming at it from the perspective only ever working with men like you guys, right? I've only ever worked with men and I've only ever worked with top tier soldiers and I've only ever deployed with men like you. And I've only ever seen men like you struggle. I've only ever seen men like you do things. I've only ever done things with men like you. I think women have an ability to get tough dudes, if it's the right woman, to sit down and fucking crack. The way I'm able to do it is because I come at it from the perspective that I've been where you've been. I'm just yeah. one of the rare rare ones that's been where you've been. And I just felt like there was a space in what's happening in the world right now where it's okay, finally, for me to be who I am. And hence the F-bomb dropping sign. It's okay for me to talk how I talk. It's okay for me to be who I am. I'm not too much for everybody. If you don't like me, turn me the fuck off. But I'm going to try to spread positivity in every way and every aspect I can because there are plenty of people struggling. There are plenty of people that want to talk, that don't know how to talk. And it gives them something different, a different perspective. And I feel like if you give the shit back to the guys just the same would an- the same way another guy would... It's a different conversation at that point. And that's how we do it. It's just different. It's great. Different. It's great. So, and to, to add to the point that you just said, every, I've, it's taken me 45 years to learn this. Everybody's struggling somehow, period. Some people just hide it a lot better than other people, but wow, everybody's yes. struggling. I don't know one person that wakes up every day and has a perfect fucking life. There is no such thing as a perfect fucking life, period. No, no, there's not. There's just not. So, and I, I think what you're doing um, is only going to better, better the better the veteran community and people who are leaving this, leaving the forces and, you know, leaving fire and paramedic and police, they're leaving and they're going, okay, what do I do next? And you're a great Yeah. Example. And that's, and, and that's what I want to be the message. Like I, I keep saying this, like I went into special forces, you know, as a hippie, I, I, I came straight in. I'll be honest. And I say this all the time and people, some people just don't fucking hear me. They think I'm a gun guy. And a cool guy, man, I, I wanted to be an 18 Delta. That's why I took an 18 X-ray green break on. I wanted to be a, the best medic I could possibly be in the world and go to war and help mm-hmm. my country. But for me, it was always about medicine. I was an average shooter at on my best fucking day at the range. Even when I was practicing a lot, I was an average shooter, man. It was about medicine for me. All I wanted to do was tactical and combat medicine and, you know, I think people, some people kind of lump me in with some of these guys that are super tactical and shooters and all the, I just want to make that clear for people that are listening. Like, man, I'm there, there's here and there's here. My special forces career was here. There's a lot more guys here. And then more importantly for me right now, right now, as we're doing this podcast, somebody's in some third world shithole right now. And they've got a brand new baby that they've never even seen before because it was born while they were gone and they couldn't leave what they were doing, man. Like, start focusing the focus should start right there right. not on the cool guys that are out with companies making a gazillion dollars and funny shit and doing this and that and doing awesome stuff the focus should start with right fucking now somebody's in a firefight in some third world shithole that we'll never ever hear about probably for 10 years when somebody writes a book about it right. but that's where the focus should be the men and women that are on the front lines everything else should take a back seat to that if that makes sense it makes total sense. You get it. You've been there. You've seen it. You've felt it. You smelt it. You know how it works. You understand what that's like, whether you like it or not. 
I hate to break it to you. You're fucking cool to me, dude. And you're going to be really fucking cool to my listeners. So you can act like you're not a cool guy, cool guy, but you know what you are, and you're a cool guy in the best way. And so I hope that that's uh, nothing but a compliment. I want now I want people that my favorite thing in the world is when somebody finds out I own bison and their eyes light up and I'm like, yes, this I'll take the credit for this. Cool. Like that's the cool that I want this world is I own bison and a couple of cool dogs. And I got a great girlfriend. Like I'll take that. That's the cool I want. So, but thank you so much for having me on like anytime. Uh, make, make sure the next time we talk to Ray, tell him he's a piece of shit you and I love it. him. You got it. But, uh, thank, thank you again for having me on. Thanks for what you're doing. No worries. I'll push and this listen, out. I, I think I, go ahead. Listen, we're, we're here for you too. Right. And so you let us know in any way that we can help brass and unity does that we just want to start those conversations have those conversations keep them going keep the education and idea that there's more to there's more to life than just being in you can be very successful and and, and success is different ways and so you just let me know i'm 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 gonna be down there not too long from now so you're gonna get the phone do it call. do it come down anytime thank right, you so buddy. much and and I'm, I'm gonna end it yeah in a nice little hippie way i love you man I thank you, you so much i, love I can't you. wait to hey. talk to you soon Thanks for having me on. Stay on with me for two seconds. Listen, everybody, I'll chat with you all next week. See ya.